sometimes I'll like be watching an episode and I'll be like, oh, what a freaking great coincidence <laughs> that that Swerve's doing a long con here and he did a long con in the past. <laughs> How smart is it that they're able to like put those together? Like that's great. And then I'm like, Robin, they wrote that. They made it up. <laughs> you know? Hello and welcome to our Lost Podcast, brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 24-year-old actor and filmmaker. I like brooding anti-heroes with feminist agendas, and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. I run at the 100 script on Twitter. You can call me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere. Um, if I could con anybody, I think... Oh, um, this is our fun fact. Yeah. yeah, our fun fact is if I could con anybody. Uh-huh. Um, I would just... I, I, I would pick somebody really rich... Who deserves to be conned? So I mean, the first person that comes to mind is Donald Trump. Yeah. So I'm I'm gonna go with that. <laughs> Stole my answer. Sorry. <laughs> and my name is Brittany Ray. I'm a 29 year old journalist from beautiful post apocalyptic Vancouver, BC. I like badass moms and long naps. I'm on Twitter at Britannia, where I can be found attempting to be interesting and talking about my cat. And since Robin stole my answer, now <laughs> I'll take Mike Pence. No, it's no, it's cool. It's cool. I don't think Mike Pence is enough money for. Oh, like I, re- I want, I want a lot of money. Yeah. So I'm gonna go for Mark Zuckerberg. Okay. Because Facebook is a plague. Mm. Thank you. Okay. Um, and today our guest is Joanna. Hi. Hi. Hello. Tell us more about you. Okay. Um, I'm I'm 22 years old. Uh, my Hogwarts house is Slytherin, Yay. and I'm from Portugal. So, like, English is not my first language, so I apologize if I mispronounce any words or, I f- or if I forget any words. So, if I need to talk slower, let me know. <laughs> we Everything got you. will you be said, great. You sound great so okay. far, though. Don't yeah. worry. Okay, thank you. Um, and how far uh, have you watched slash how many times have you seen the show? I've only seen it once last summer. I watched, like, all the way through. And then there are episodes I've rewatched. Like, I think I've seen all the Desmond episodes more than once. Mm-hmm. And I think Jughead See. is the one I've watched, like, the most times. Right. That's a good one. Um, and I know this is a real big question, but, like, what does Lost mean to you? Okay. Lost, like, Lost is not, I know it's not as important to me. It's, like, it's for you, for example. But to me, like, it's a classic show. It's, like, a show that's been on my list of must-watch since, since I was a kid. And it's also, like, in my mind, I remember, like, being the first show where the fandom, like, everyone talked about it. I, yeah. I remember doing, I remember, like, things from the final season. I went into the show knowing spoilers for season six because, like, that final season, everyone was talking about it. Mm-hmm. There were posters everywhere here. It was probably one of the shows that premiered, like, in, like back then. It, was, it premiered, like, with such a small window of space from like when it premiered in the States and when it premiered here in Portugal. And I also remember like being a kid, being 12, never having watched the show. And most of my friends hadn't either. But I remember having like the talk about like Team Jack or Team Sawyer when I was a kid. Right. Yep. The ship wars. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Um, And so who are some of your favorite characters? Okay. Uh, Penny Whitmore is like my favorite ever. Like I think she became like one of my favorite characters ever. Like any show, any movie, Mm -hmm. any book. I like, yeah. just love her a lot. And then Said, and then like without any special order, like Desmond, Early, Rousseau, like Goodwin, uh, Libby, Echo. I also really like Cassidy. So, like 
but in no special order. Just the first are yeah. Penny and then Said. Yeah. So I find Goodwin and Cassidy specifically to be such interesting answers. Will you expand on that? Goodwin, I remember like first episode I watched like Goodwin, I was like so excited to have him. And then we have like the revelation in the middle of, epi- of the episode that is another. Just remember being completely mm-hmm. like disappointed about, oh no. And then, yeah. <laughs> and then like there are other episodes with him. I don't know if I can say that. There are other episodes okay. with him, but we get him in flashbacks. Yeah, okay. we can say that. And I like continued liking him. I know I wasn't supposed to, do, uh, to supposed to, but I still like find yeah. him such an interesting character. I love that. Well, he is because he's just like endlessly like the others, endlessly complex. Yeah. yeah, and it's also very like he's mostly a really nice person. Like, is there things that are not as nice? But like, I still see him like mm-hmm. as mostly nice. Yeah, and then Cassidy, like, what a great episode to get. Yeah, I was so excited. Like, Cassidy, it's not, like, so much this episode that made me really like her. It's one later right. on. But just, mm-hmm. like, I, re- I, re- I remember watching the show and I went to check, like, uh, what what were my live tweets from, like, this, epi- this, spe- this specific episode. And there's yeah. one where it's just me being happy that, like, Kim Dickens is on the show. And, like, this show has, like, the best guest stars. So true. And I remember just being excited to see her. Yeah, they really got the best of the best to just do even the smallest roles. Yeah. I remember, like, I didn't start the show, but one of the reasons I was really excited was because I knew Alice and Jenny was, like, in one episode. Right. Yes! (laughs) Oh, my God. I can't... Even when it aired the first time, I was like, is that Alice and Jenny? Yeah, yeah. Like, that was crazy. Um, and where can we find you on social media to follow uh, you? On Twitter, like, almost everything, I'm Vridissima. And then on Tumblr, I'm the stag that loved the wolf. Like, the animal names. Yeah. Perfect. And you should follow her, because she has, like, the best Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Today we have words to say about episode 213 of Lost, The Long Con. Okay, so it's called The Long Con, and it's pretty obvious title, because yeah. um, a, a long con happens both on island and in the flashbacks, um, so that's why it's called that. Uh, the broadcast date was February 8th, 2006. It was written by Leonard Dick and Stephen Maida, and it was directed by Roxanne Dawson. I love seeing a woman director. Wait, are you kidding me? Roxanne Dawson directed this? Yes. That's Bellana from Star Trek Voyager. Oh, cool. <laughs> She's such a good director, too. I didn't know she directed Lost. There you go. Well, let me see. Now Now I'm going to check Lostpedia to see if she um, directed any other ones here. She did. After she finished with Star Trek, she moved exclusively into directing. So that would not surprise me. Cool beans. It just says she just directed The Long Con. That's the so only crazy. one that she did. Yeah. What a coincidence. She is 60 years old. What? That's what it says. She is 60 years old. That's so weird. That's so weird. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so some fun facts about this episode. I really just have one. Um, it's the third of eight extended episodes. So there are like, there are eight extended episodes throughout the series where in which it kind of just has like an extra five minutes on it. Oh. Yeah. Uh, so this is the third of eight of those. Thanks. I wonder why this one had to be extended because of the Yeah, like I know the very first one was um, the other 48 days, right? So you're like, of course they need an extra five minutes on that. And then I think the second one was what Kate did. Um, That makes sense. Yeah, I'm not really sure why this one needs another five seconds, or sorry, another five minutes because, especially because it's kind of, it's the end of the season two lull this episode is. Okay. So I'm like, why does it need (laughs) an extra five minutes? Yeah, it's just kind of... 
I they're like, know. hey, you guys want some Sawyer backstory? You can have more time in it. Yeah, they're like, hey, we needed to add these f- extra five minutes so that Sawyer could have his full <laughs> monologue. That makes sense, actually. Yeah. Sorry, I was literally looking at pictures of Roxanne, Roxanne Dawson because she was 60. How uh-huh. is that a 60-year-old woman? I don't know. She looks like 40. <laughs> okay, anyway. Um, so do you want to introduce my recap? Uh, yes, I would love to. So Robin is about to sum up the episode in the style of Lost in 8 minutes and 15 seconds, which if you haven't seen it, you should go Google it. So basically what she's going to do is try and sum up the episode in under a minute. And if she doesn't, then she's going to speed herself up in post to sound like a little chipmunk. I don't know if I will, but I also do know for sure that I will be speeding myself up no matter what. Okay, well, I'm going to time you just for my own entertainment. Then. Okay. Three, two, one. Go. In the past, we see Sawyer's relationship with a woman named Cassidy. He tries his normal con on her, but it doesn't work. She sees through it. She wants to learn how to con people like he does. They do a con with some cheapy necklaces, and she tells him that she wants to do a big one, a long con. Sawyer goes to meet up with his partner, Gordy, but he doesn't want to steal from Cassidy anymore. Gordy says he'll kill them if Sawyer doesn't go through with it. Sawyer admits to Cassidy that she was the long con all along, but tells her to run away with all the money. However, it's revealed that Sawyer did in fact steal all the money and truly conned her. Oof, that's a lot of twists. On the island... Curly tries to get Saeed to work on the Taily radio to cheer him up. He fixes it up a little bit, but they listen and they listen to some music from forever away. Meanwhile, Sun gets attacked in the jungle, and Sawyer convinces Kate it was Anna Lucia trying to get people to join the army thing. Kate tells Ch- Sawyer to tell Locke. Kate tells Sawyer to tell Locke to keep the guns away from Jack, so Locke takes them away. Sawyer has Charlie follow Locke to where he hides the guns, and we also learn that it was Charlie who attacked Sun. What's up with him this season? Sawyer announces himself as the new sheriff in town. You actually. Got it in a minute. Got it in a minute, yeah. and I messed up a bunch of times. Yes, you so did. That's pretty cool. Either way, it'll still be. It'll still. I'll still. I'll still do it. I'll yeah. still proud uh, of you. Speed it up. All right. A lot of the island stuff this episode is very interconnected. So usually I would split it up between storylines on the island, but this one is really just kind of like all one thing, except for two scenes that are kind of on the outs like of everything else. So I thought we would um, start with those, and I'm going to be testing out a new format this episode so instead of being like point by point by point i'm going to summarize each scene and then we'll talk about each scene um so listeners uh please let me know how you feel about it if you hate it please let me know if you don't mind it great um it takes a lot less time than what i did before yeah so that's what's gonna happen so we're gonna talk about um saeed and hurley really quickly because um there's literally just two scenes about it okay um, so here is the first scene with Saeed and Hurley. Saeed is breaking open some coconuts. Hurley jokes around with him and asks if he can fix the radio from the aero station. Saeed is pessimistic about it and Hurley tells him that he was just trying to cheer him up. He leaves the radio behind. Thoughts? Um, I have a lot of thoughts. Oh, really? Great. I just, I think that it's interesting that Hurley as a person understands intrinsically that Saeed needs a puzzle, a purpose, mm. in order to function. Yeah. You know, like, he he can't be like Hurley in terms of, like, just sort of letting things roll. Like, Saeed is a very proactive person. He needs puzzles to solve. And it also, like, gets his mind off of his grief. Mm-hmm. And it's just fascinating that Hurley just understands that about Saeed. Yeah. It's a great look at, like, the empathy that Hurley has for the people around him. I love that. Yeah. Can you tell us the story about the lime and the coconut? <laughs> it's just a song. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, I, I'm not singing it. You don't have to sing it. I just want to hear what it's about. I don't know what the song's about. All I know is when Hurley said it, and Saeed just kind of looked at him completely deadpan. I was like, there's nothing funnier than when someone either doesn't get a reference or doesn't think something is funny. Mm-hmm. And then the other person has to sit there and just know that that was an embarrassing moment yeah. in their lives. And I just, I thought that was so funny. And also like the the main way that I know that song is just, it was like a lime Coke 
commercial, right? Maybe. Like when Coke did like lime Coke. Oh yeah, maybe. Or coconut Coke. Girl, she doesn't remember. Oh, coconut Coke. I don't love that idea. I think it was lime Coke. Either way, <laughs> lime Coca-Cola had a commercial with this song in it. And that's the main reason why I know it. Thanks. Sorry, I'm just thinking about coconut Coca-Cola now. I don't love it. Okay. 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 Do you um, have thoughts? Um, I also like, I thought the idea that like early, when early was mentioning like the plane, call it like Norwegian, if it's like Nigerian. And I felt that's like such mm-hmm. a um, human moment, like, oh, sorry, a human yeah. moment. Like normally we don't remember like details like that. Like when countries start with the same letter which is like our mind mixes up mixes them up so i thought like it was such a like a little detail but like makes the characters more real more relatable so i really like that moment that's so true and like yeah norwegian and nigerian do sound similar um they are so different though so it totally i love it's such a hurly thing to mix that up yeah because he just his his mind is just constantly sort of slightly boggled by details (laughs) yeah yeah um and i kind of like this actually now that i'm thinking about it i really like this um concept of hurley just like being a little confused about (laughs) countries it makes me feel a little bit better about all of his stuff in season one when he kept calling um sun and jin chinese Mm -hmm. it makes me feel a little bit better about it because i'm like okay like the the guy just doesn't know his country he just doesn't understand geography maybe yeah 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 um i don't know if it makes it better yeah it it explains it it explains it a little bit more yeah 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 um this is the first time we're hearing about bernard being a dentist It, it comes up a lot and it's important to remember oh okay so i just wanted to bring it up Okay. That Bernard is a dentist. Okay. And even I have more thoughts about it in the spoilers section. Yeah, I was literally about to be like, um, why is it important that Bernard's a dentist? Uh, it's very important. I've watched this show a couple times now. Couldn't yeah. tell you why it's important that Bernard's a dentist. So I'm over at Rose and Bernard's tent. Do you know he's a dentist? Well, that's an always been holding out on us. The guy picked up Boone's signal from the Norwegian plane. Nigerian. Right. Anyhow, he picked it up with this. That is a shortwave radio. It's a glorified walkie-talkie. Yeah, but can't you switch a blue wire with a red wire and make it stronger? We tried to send a signal with the plane's transceiver, and all we got was the French woman's message on a loop. Why would I bother? Come on, man. I mean, it's worth... It's worth nothing. It's a waste of time. Just trying to cheer you up, dude. I don't need cheering up. Okay, man. Sorry. No problem. Um, while we were doing our rewatch today, uh, I said, Saeed in the no good, very bad day. And you said, Saeed in the no good, very bad lifetime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a rough life. His whole life is sad. So I have a question about this. Because Saeed is being very closed off, obviously. I mean, he's going through his own thing. He's going through grief. Um, and he just wants to be by himself. But he sees Hurley putting in an effort and it kind of reminded me of when Shannon lost Boone and she was being very closed off and everything because she was going through grief Mm -hmm. and Saeed was just trying to help her. And so I'm just wondering if maybe Hurley being like, listen, I'm just trying to cheer you up, make you feel better. And him being like, I don't want that or whatever. I wonder if that he kind of like looked internally in that moment and was like, I see myself in Hurley just a few even weeks ago when I was trying to help Shannon and she was ignoring me. Yeah. He was just trying to, trying to change the narrative. I think that's, yeah, I actually think that's completely correct. Cause Saeed is so good at reading people in the first place. Yeah. So he probably saw sort of 
that not olive branch, but sort of like a gesture and thought, okay, this is something that I tried to give to someone else. And I know that maybe I'm not doing this for me as much as I'm doing this for Hurley. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I love that. Should we move on to the other scene with Saeed and Hurley? Sure. Cool. Okay, great. So here is my summary of that scene. Hurley is reading by the fire and Saeed comes up. He fixed the radio. They hear static, Danielle's transmission, and then actual music from an old radio station. That doesn't mean that it's close though. Signals bounce off the atmosphere all the time. It's a nice moment. I, l- I love when the show uses music in that manner mm-hmm. because it just sort of, it doesn't feel um, cheesy. Yeah. It feels really meaningful. I think there's only like two or three times in the entire series in which it's music is played just kind of, what am I trying to say? Like it's played for, okay. So for example, <laughs> in this episode, the music that is being played on the radio is because it's on the radio, right? And before it's like, it's on Hurley's Walkman, you know, it's played on the radio in a truck that Kate is driving or whatever. There's only like very few times in this show where it's just like li- music with lyrics coming out of nowhere. Okay. Um, unlike, I mean, we all watch Riverdale and Riverdale will just play music uh, willy nilly <laughs> Just to play music, you know. You could have just stopped at Riverdale Will because it yeah. just will do anything. Yeah, that's true. So <laughs> this just devolves into an us making fun of Riverdale, even though we love Riverdale podcast. Yeah. yeah. So I love this manuscript that um that Hurley has that he's he found in the um uh, suitcase because it's one of the coolest fun facts of all time. Okay, what so is it? this manuscript is called Bad Twin. It's by Gary Troop. Um, and y'all might remember Gary Troop if you do some research because he was the guy that flew in the pilot into the Ooh. engine and exploded the engine. Yeah. Oh my, that's such a tiny detail. Yeah, so that's Gary. What? He's the one who wrote this manuscript. Okay, this like this is interesting because like I had a question for from for like the spoiler section about the script because like I didn't know about that. I was thinking like the script could belong to someone else. Yes, yeah, yeah. So so he was trying to he was in Australia to promote his book Bad Twin that's coming out. Bad Twin is available uh, to buy. I own it, but I haven't read it yet. Um, what? Yeah. So I have it on my Kindle, but I haven't read it yet. So like it's available. Somebody has written it to make it. Um, like it's just like an extra thing that you can have for the loss, yeah. for for the loss experience. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like as a collector, as a fan. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's one of my favorite, and I do believe that um, because we know it's a mystery novel. I think that later we see Sawyer reading it potentially. I'm pretty sure <laughs> Sawyer always gets his hands on reading material. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot, there's a a whole separate canon that Gary is kind of a part of, Mm -hmm. um, because when Lost was on, they had this thing called the Lost Experience, where it was kind of just this outside canon that people could look for clues in and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah. Sort of an extended universe type thing? Yeah. Okay. So, WXR is the name of the radio station, and there are spoiler... Thoughts about that too. That's what I got out of that. You were like, "There's spoilers," and I'm like, "Hey, it kind of sounds like a funny sound." There's a funny Um, it plays some music that we will mention in um her- the Hurley's Walkman section. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's some cool stuff regarding that that I can't talk about right now. Okay. But how do you guys feel? I mean, you've already talked about. Hurley and Said a little bit, but do you guys have any last thoughts about it? Um, I really like the line, and I remember again, I remember watching the show and being very excited by the line, or anytime, like, like wondering, uh, again, yeah, I went check 
I went to check like my my thoughts from when I watched the episode, and I had two. It was the one about Cassidy, and then it was the one about yeah. this line, and like wondering if it was foreshad- for foreshadowing for like something to come. Just right, <laughs> and maybe it was. And and I just like also really like early smile when he listens to the song. Like he just cheers up. Yeah, and it's like really really cute and nice. Like especially to like to the end of the episode, like to. To, to have a scene like that, like a scene which is small and soft and sweet, like uh, near the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that. it helps. It kind of helps you soften you up for yeah. the actual end of the episode. Yeah. Which kind of just hits you right in yes. the chest. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's go into the uh, A story of, of the episode on the island here. Okay. Uh, Jack and Locke open the armory. They pull all of the gun stuff or they, sorry, they put all of the gun stuff in there. Jack notices the Virgin Mary statues. Locke explains that he thinks that the heroin could be used therapeutically at some point. Uh, Jack asks why he kept them in the statues. Locke says that he he's just not about breaking religious symbols. Um, before Locke can leave, Jack wants to know the combination because he needs to have control of everything at all times. <laughs> Locke gives him the combo. Okay, so this is a question that I ask a lot of our guests, mm-hmm. which is, how do you feel about jack in general i'm like i'm not a big fan and again like if i think back when i said like i had team jack team sawyer discussions when i was a kid i was team jack and then actually meeting jack Mm. like oh no oh no (laughs) i'm still not team sawyer i'm not either of them i'm not a fan of like either uh, either jack or sawyer but like Mm -hmm. jack i was team desmond expecting to like him so it was like a bit disappointing to like to see his personality and like how controlling it can it can be but like yeah yeah but like i really liked his conversation like with Locke in the beginning of this episode like i really like how these two like interact Mm -hmm. yeah i think the times when I like Jack most are when he's interacting with Locke. Yeah. Because yeah. it, I think Locke just brings this sort of an other side out of Jack that I appreciate more. It's more like the tactician. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jack's sort of always wrestling for power with Locke, but Locke also challenges Jack in ways that I find interesting. Whereas when Jack's just kind of being like the leader of everyone, I'm kind of just like, I'm tired of you. I feel the same way about, um, like, first of all, I agree with the Jack and Locke stuff, but I feel the same way about Jack and Sawyer. I think that Jack's scenes with Kate are so much less interesting than Jack's scenes with the other men on the show, which is kind of disappointing. Mm-hmm, that's true. Well, because his scenes with women usually have a romantic undertone unless yeah. it's like Sun or um, Claire. Claire, yeah. But with a lot of like other women, there's always that kind of uncomfortable, like maybe this will be a romance thing. And you're like, why can't it just be like leaders talking to leaders? And yeah. whenever he has scenes with Kate, he's usually trying to either flirt with Kate or undermine Kate. Yeah, yeah. I found that, did you guys think that Jack seemed sad about Charlie? Like, Jack had that moment with Charlie at the end of last episode where he was like, I need to know that you're not going to do it again. And Charlie kind of, like, avoids that and then says, no, I won't do it again. But but when Locke says, yeah, I had to take those away from Charlie, Jack is like, you know, Jack and Charlie, they had... They had times in in season one. Like they, Jack helped him through his his detox, and you know when in one eleven when Jack saved Charlie's life after he got hung by Ethan. You know, I I just I saw kind of a sadness on Jack's face personally. I think I think yes, I think that it his emotion is probably twofold, which is one some disappointment. Yeah, because you know he had just talked to 
Charlie about this. Yeah. And then I think two is just sort of just a general sadness at sort of like the nature of addiction Mm -hmm. and how like, you know, part of it is it's Charlie's fault, but some of it's not Charlie's fault because addiction is a disease, right? Right. And as a doctor, Jack knows that better than anyone. Mm -hmm. So I kind of wonder if it's also sort of like a sadness towards like Charlie's stuck in a cycle he can't get out of. And that's that brings Jack like a feeling of not only disappointment, but just sort of like remorse. Yeah. I don't know. Um, uh, but also, like, the idea, like, uh, Jack being a doctor, like, decided that he has to help people. So also, like, the idea that, and, like, Jack himself is, like, a lot about, like, helping and doing what what he can to help. Yeah. So the idea that he can't do anything for Charlie right now. Right. <gasps> That's a good point. Yeah, he can't help Charlie at all. Especially because Charlie doesn't seem to want to be helped. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's also true. Um, Locke says, I'm superstitious. No kidding, <laughs> bud. <laughs> This is brand new information. No way. Crazy. When he said that, I was like, Locke's usually not as um on the nose yeah. <laughs> as that moment. And then he was like, I'm superstition. I was like, is this actually supposed to be a joke? Yeah. I don't know. Locke was saying to Jack, like, I know you want the combo just in case I fall off a cliff. Locke saved Jack from falling off a cliff in 105. I knew there was a cliff involved somewhere. Yeah. So there you go. That's um, kind of a bring back to that. Um, and of course, they make the rule that they have to consult one another if they want to open the armory. And then Locke doesn't consult Jack. Mm-hmm. But Jack was also on his way to not consult Locke. But hey, wait, who's to say? Because Jack shows up to Sawyer at like at that point and says hey where's Locke expecting Locke to be there so it's like maybe Locke was in the wrong here Ooh, I mean Locke did recently just say no no guns we're gonna do like just in case yeah we shoot each other but I mean Jack does say where's Locke I wonder if he really was gonna consult Locke I think we're just going to try to convince Locke or if he could just take it by force right yeah he would like I can even lay out like what Jack's arguments would be which is Son's been attacked. Like, obviously, this could happen again. Maybe for right now, we need the guns because if it's Son now, what if it's Claire later? And that right. would get to Locke yeah. so fast. Mm-hmm. Right. Um. So the next scene. Uh, on the beach, Sawyer is getting out of the water and telling Charlie that everyone hates him. Charlie gets the upper hand, though, because Sawyer isn't noticing that Jack is fully stealing his stuff. Jack takes a medicine that Sawyer took from the hatch. Sawyer p- points out that it was stolen from him first. He's not allowed to have a stash anymore. Everyone's going to share. This prompts Sawyer to make some decisions... <laughs> just um he made some choices yeah whether or not those were good unanswerable so i have a big question this is my this is my probably one of my main questions for the episode which is how does sawyer being a jerk to charlie in this moment make charlie want to help him this is the only scene that we get between sawyer oh. and charlie before we get the scene in which he's like yeah we did it we did the bad thing you know so it's like how does this moment translate into we're now allies who are going to do this really horrible thing don't know like if it's like when the scene starts like sawyer makes those inappropriate uh, comments about like claire taking the house the house and like that yeah that's like those those types of things and it's, it's why i'm not a fan of sawyer and just like mm-hmm. and maybe that that like got into charlie's mind to the idea that he wants to do something so that like the the way they're living change changes so we can like move back uh with claire right yeah uh, yeah hmm, that's interesting because we know that charlie mostly did it to make Locke feel bad um and 
embarrassed, but I wonder if part of that was an undertone of if Claire sees that Locke is incompetent, maybe she'll want me to come back and protect her instead of Locke. Yeah, I think that makes sense for like Charlotte. Yeah, it yeah. serves his, it yeah. serves an agenda. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're mutually beneficial to each other. Right. That makes sense. You were saying Sawyer doesn't even think to look around when he gets out of the water. He's... <laughs> He's such a handsome idiot. Yeah. You know? Like, he's, like, getting out of the water. He knows he's attractive. And mm-hmm. he's just, like, feeling his oats. And then he he sees someone to bully. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I'm feeling great about myself. You know what would make me feel even better? Bullying Charlie. Yeah. <laughs> so he just goes for it. Like, doesn't even look around. Mm-hmm. Just looks at Charlie and he's like, I'm going to make a lot of fun of you. And then I'm going to go into my little tent and I'm going to have a great day. Yeah. He's like, you know what? One of those things <laughs> is true. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so is this the last straw for Sawyer? Sawyer goes and, you know, yells at Jack and he's like, hey, you like, you don't want to do this. This is going to be, you know, like, I wonder if Sawyer has been sitting on, eventually I'm going to get the guns and I've been thinking about this plan. And then Jack being like, no, Sawyer, frick you. I'm taking all your stuff. Like, is this the last straw for Sawyer in which he's like, okay, like now it's time to implement my plan. But why would Sawyer want the guns in the first place? Does Sawyer want to be like at this point, does Sawyer want to be the Jack be in power or does he just want to take Jack out basically? I don't think that he wants to be the new Jack um, because in later seasons, no spoilers, obviously, but there is a point in which everyone kind of looks to Sawyer as the new Jack and that's not what Sawyer wants. Yeah. But I do think just in the same way that Charlie says, I wanted to make Locke look stupid. That's another, I mean, Sawyer even says later that I want to do it because it'll piss off Jack. But, but, and and even Kate says, maybe it's not even about the guns. It's just, you, you want people to dislike you. Yep. Um, but it, it's, I, I also think it's a safety mechanism because Sawyer says in his monologue, Saeed, I bet you want to like really hurt me right now, but you can't because um, if you kill me, then you'll never know where the guns are. So it's like if anyone hurts me, like no one can hurt me because because I know where the guns are. And yeah, no one else does. it guarantees his safety yeah. and position in the group. But at the same time, he always kind of had that anyway, but it's Sawyer. So he needs to feel validation through being a jerk. Yeah. 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 I just like the complexity to Sawyer is just sort of like he'll take two steps forward and then just like long jump back. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's true. Okay. Uh, next scene. Sawyer is putting his tent back together when Kate walks up. She's standing on one of his shirts. Classic skate content. Doing it for the bands. (laughs) Kate gives him a woman's magazine from the hatch because the man likes to read. Sawyer tells her that he lost his glasses on the raft, so he's not doing a lot of reading. He asks her if she'll read it to him, though, and she really was going to. Uh, Locke passes by Sawyer... And he comments on how he's sleeping next to Claire now. He also mentions Jack and Anna's army, which Kate didn't know about. How did Sawyer know about it? Um, great question. Thank you. Because, let's see. It was at the end of the hunting party when Jack decided to start the army. And then, so now we've had just fire and water since for Sawyer to learn. I feel like maybe Sawyer's just a freaking gossip and he just likes to listen in on people. Yeah. It's interesting to me that Sawyer would know and Kate wouldn't though. Cause that, that makes me think that Jack is like deliberately keeping it from her. I mean, it's Jack. He yeah. loves to keep things from Kate and pretend that like she's a damsel in distress that he needs to keep safe. Right. The point where she stands on his shirt and he goes, do you want to move? They're just <laughs> stupid babies. They're just children. <laughs> I like what you've done with the place. Maid's day off. You want to move? Hmm. Right, Jack took your painkillers. Yeah, well, I guess me and the doctor on the outs. 
One less Christmas card I'll have to send this year. Maybe that'll cheer you up. It's from the hatch. I know you're hard up for new reading material. Well, as much as I'd like to learn to feather my hair. <laughs> I lost my damn glasses on the raft. Thanks. Gee, Robin, do you love skate by any chance? I do love skate. Um, I honestly, like, there are some great skate moments in this episode, but I, they're also, once you see the full episode, it makes it really gross. And, yeah. uh, I, and so I don't, I don't like the skate moments in this episode, to be honest. Because he's playing her the entire time. Fully. And, and here's the thing is, it's just like, is Sawyer a manipulator? Sure. But sometimes Kate is his confidant, is his ally. And in this episode, he is like, actively manipulating her mm -hmm. like actively manipulating her specifically even um so all of the like cutesy times they have are all him being like wow don't you trust me you know it's a very oh, gross, gross undertone yeah yeah well i don't like that at all yeah i didn't even think about it yeah ew he doesn't have his glasses anymore so i guess he's gonna start getting headaches again if he doesn't read like if he if he starts reading again that's too bad for him <sighs> See, it's sad because, like, out of context, that scene, you'd be like, oh, yeah, well, Kate can just read him. And now it's like, mm, have Hurley do it, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Hurley will read him the book. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, before he had to read to the baby, right? <laughs> and now someone has to read to him and he's a baby. Right? You're right. Okay, next question. Does Sawyer see Locke moving in on Claire like Charlie does? Like, is this something that they have? It, it seems like Charlie is like, ugh, Locke's moving in on Claire. And it seems like Sawyer has a similar... I mean, obviously, he doesn't feel the same way about it as Charlie does, which Charlie feels like he's being replaced. But Sawyer also seems to view it as Locke, maybe like romantically encroaching in on Claire. I don't know why everybody's seeing this. I don't get it. I Yeah. No. Did you guys ever interpret it that way? No, never. I was going to say, like, I think Sawyer's saying that it's also like he wants to create drama. He wants, like, gossip. So I don't know if he believes it or he's just saying because, like, he wants other people to think it because he knows it's going, oh. it's going to, like, cause drama in the right. island. And, like, especially if Charlie hears it, it just, it, it likes, like, having something to look at. Having, like, people fight. Right. That's actually such a good observation. Yeah, I totally agree. He just loves to create a scandal. Yeah. Yeah, <sighs> yeah I agree. That's so him. <laughs> so this is, this is another example of Sawyer fully manipulating Kate this episode. Sawyer fully knew she wasn't part of the army and didn't know about it. Yep. Yeah. And so he's like, oh, what? You didn't know? Whoops. Like, he knew the entire time. Yeah, he totally did. Like, there's a thing, like, when the uh, the camera, like, focus focuses on Kate, like, you see that Kate is supposedly jealous. Like, yeah. Like, what I would think, like, is, is she more jealous of, like, the idea of Jake and Anna Lucia, like, working together? That Sorry, Jack and Anna Lucia working together. Or that, like, Jack is creating, like, this entire plan without her. That like it kept her out of this. Right. Oh. That's like what uh, what like I started thinking when like about K Kate and how she felt about like this situation. Right. What do you think? I think like I like to think that she's more bothered about the idea that he, he left her out of the plan, and that is leading it out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And she's just jealous because it's hanging out with Analysia. Yeah. I I agree. I really. I feel like the show might be like, oh my god, <laughs> Jack and Anna Lucia, not Jack and Kate. Ugh, that's so sad. But it's like so much more in Kate's character, I think, to be jealous about being left out of the plan. Yeah. Because it's always been like her and Jack, you know? So I agree. And she would definitely feel not only left out, but yeah. also kind of replaced. Yeah. Because even though Kate is qualified to do every almost everything that Anna Lucia can do, Jack always keeps her at arm's length. Mm-hmm. 
But Anna Lucia, who's, you know, been there for all of five minutes, he's all of a sudden just hanging out with making plans with. Yeah, mm-hmm. that would drive her nuts. Yeah. Anna and Jack are in the jungle. Anna didn't think it would be so easy to get Locke to give Jack the combo to the armory. She says they're not scared enough. Everyone thinks they're safe. She asks for the combo, but Jack won't give it to her. She says she was kidding. But was she? What do you guys think? Do you think she was kidding? Do you think she really wanted to know? I think it was a test. Mm-hmm. I think she was testing to see how much Jack would tell her. Right. And she got her answer immediately. And then she was like, oh, it was just a joke. But it it wasn't a joke. It wasn't. But she wasn't really, she wasn't looking for the combo as much as she was looking for who Jack is as a person. Right. And how much trust they had between each other. Right exactly. Now, at that moment. Yeah. So, Joanna, I mean, spoilers, but you chose this um, line as your favorite line award. That's the nice thing about you people. You're not scared enough. What, what, what do you, how do you interpret that? I think it, like, it speaks so much, like, the difference between all the, the 48, uh, 48 people in the back of the plane, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Or the, the tailies. The tailies and, like, the, I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. The main ones, like, it speaks so much, like, the way they, they started on the island and, like, what they've been through, like, and this shock of, of realities between them. Mm-hmm. And I really like I really like how that comes together when when like they talk about guns and they talk about what they should do because they have they've had like completely different experience experiences and like Anna Lucia knowing what like fear does to people. Yeah. And in a lot of ways, like our group have been a lot luckier yeah. than the Tailies have. And so Anna Lucia is just kinda of sitting there like a a big storm is coming for you. Yeah. And if you're not scared enough then it'll swallow you whole. I think the sentence structure of the sentence is kind of strange, though, because saying that's the nice thing about you people, you're not scared enough, is it's like one half of the sentence is saying this is a good thing, and the other half of the sentence is saying this is a bad thing. You know, I think that's so interesting. I think, like... Does that make sense? Yeah. To me, it makes me think, like, I don't think either, either of you watch Game of Thrones, right? No, sorry. Okay. I watched the first two seasons. Okay, so, like, that, it's like people use this sentence, like, all the time. Like, the idea of, like, sweet summer child. Sweet, sweet summer child. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, this idea of, like, being innocent, innocent, and, like, not knowing how to prepare to, like, what, what's, what's to come. So, like, I feel like right, these, right. Two, these two lines, like, uh, have the same message. Yeah, just sort of like a bless your heart sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I get that. That makes perfect sense. I find the use of the word army throughout this entire, it's just, so like, storyline is so funny. Because it's, like, army, it, it implies, like, big numbers mm-hmm. and big firepower. And it's, like... 10 people with, like, four guns, you know? I'm like, come on, guys. Actually, they don't even have any guns because Locke has them all slash Sawyer just took them all. So it's, like, just the use of the word army, I'm like, all right, guys, that's that's big talk. Yeah, they make it sound more impressive than it really is. Yeah. So I have a question. Um, Anna says things like, oh, I'm having such a hard time getting people to join the army, and then later, once that thing happens to Sun, they'll, she says, like, yay, people are, like, really taking it seriously and stuff like that. And the use of you're not scared enough. Um, did y'all think that it was Anna who hurt Sun? Sawyer is very persuasive. I mean, once you floated that idea, I was like, yeah, that's exactly what's happening. Mm-hmm. And then when it wasn't, I was like, oh, that would have been better. Mm. You, you think know? it would have been better if it had been Anna? Yeah. I think that would have been interesting at yeah. the very least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I definitely thought it was Anna, but I don't remember, like, because now, having rewatched the episode now, like, you realize so much, like, like midway through the transitions, you, like, realize, like, 
uh, Sawyer is playing them because like everything yeah. is going exactly like how, explains it, how he explains it on the fla- in the flashbacks. Like I, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm trying like to, re- to remember like if I didn't know it was Sawyer until the end the first time, if I did right. like realize earlier on. I know like at the start I thought it was like Anna Lucia because as the story was being told, like it made sense for her to do something like that. Not for right. Charlie or Sawyer to like earn one of their own. Just like it's not it would not be something that like would cross my mind. Right. No, I totally agree. Okay, so what's the difference between Locke telling Jack the combo and Jack not telling Anna the combo? What what do you mean? Like, what's a what's the difference? Like, Locke tells Jack because Locke ultimately does trust Jack, or because Jack won't leave him the frick alone if he doesn't tell him the combo. But Anna, when Jack doesn't tell him the combo, Anna's willing to be like, "I was just kidding. It's fine." You know, what's the difference? What's the difference between those two relationships? Yeah, I'm. I think it's that Jack knows that Anna doesn't actually like. First of all, Anna's an unknown entity. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jack thinks he understands Locke. Yeah. And two, Locke is just sort of like an equal. Mm-hmm. Whereas I don't, like Jack and Locke consider each other equals. Whereas I don't know if either of them even consider Anna at this point. Right. Like to them, she's more of like, like the, not the assassin, but you know what I'm trying to say? Like she's more of like the fighter type. And right. to them, they're the cerebral ones. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what I'm trying do to say. Do you think that's rooted in sexism or do you think that's just the way life is i think a lot of what those two do is you know consciously or unconsciously rooted in sexism Mm -hmm. i think also like it's still in their minds that like anna shot uh shannon yeah and it was like it was out of fear like there's no question there's no like there's this question in their minds that if they give anna a gun again right is she going to be afraid and she's going to be scared of something and just shoot without asking questions first so there's like I think that idea that's like what happened. It's still so recent that they still like wonder about like guns and Anna together, like Anna and Lucy and guns together. Yeah, yeah. I think that that is definitely an undercurrent throughout this entire episode. That and then also like two other times that I can specifically remember, they they kind of bring up um, the fact that that happened with Anna and Shannon. With uh, once they're doing like that little huddle and Locke is saying like we could just shoot our friends and then there's kind of a shot of Anna and then I think later when Jack and Locke are yelling at each other Locke says something about Shannon and there's a shot of Anna so yeah. and I mean I feel like you can argue with all of that that it's not only a reminder of what happened but and I, I don't think this is spoilers but it is foreshadowing of what's going to happen yeah. later yeah you know, like, just all of these things surrounding Anna Lucia specifically in terms of, like, that incident, I think, is big foreshadowing. And the writers knew what was going Coming, to happen. Yeah. So I think that's a lot of foreshadowing there. Yeah, I agree. Sun is working in her garden. Some scary sounds come toward her, but it was just Vincent. She's not safe, though, because then a bag comes down over her head and she gets dragged away. So the thing that I noticed about this scene that I said to you about later, and that I think lent to, like, the Anna Lucia theory or it being someone known is that vincent doesn't bark yeah so there's not someone that he doesn't know in the vicinity he's just saying hey someone's coming he's not saying hey danger's coming right do you know what i mean yeah because that dog is so damn smart so so true yeah yeah i think that's so interesting it's like even though halfway through the episode we already know that it's going to be somebody who we already know like it's not going to be one of the others 
I think one of the main things that you can really tell that is like when you go back and think about it, you're like, yeah, Vincent didn't seem to care that anything was happening, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. When in doubt, always check with the dog. Yeah. You know? Um, and Sun says to Vincent in Korean, be careful there. You cannot step on. Aw. <laughs> please don't step on my stuff. Yeah, please don't. I am growing food. And one thing that I kind of thought about in this moment was that she had a dog in Korea named Bopo. And she spoke Korean to that dog. So when she speaks Korean to Vincent, it just is like, dogs speak Korean, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. In her head, she's like, yeah, you speak Korean to dogs. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. But you know what I mean? understands English. But like, I totally, like, that's exactly what my brain would do. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Just be like, yeah, talk to dog in your own language. Yeah. And this dog's like, I only speak French, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, it starts to rain, and Sawyer and Kate go under his tent. They hear Sun screaming and go running. She's unconscious but breathing. They have to take her back to Jack. Jin runs forward, worried. Kate tells Jack that he that her hands were tied, and Anna takes that to mean that the others are back. So, first of all, Kate liking the rain and stuff, that's Locke behavior. Yeah? Just, like, sitting out in the rain. Locke has done that, like, three times already. Where it rains, and Locke is like, I love the rain. Sun, like, did the same before, like, they came for it. Like, Sun smiled when it started raining. And it's like... Oh, yeah. Uh, like, it made me wonder, like, how long had it been in the island, like, without raining? Because, like... Right. Like, it's the... I think it's, like, the easiest way for them, like, to get water unless they go to the... The caves. The waterfall. Yeah. So, like, I think maybe it hadn't been raining for a while. I don't remember, yeah. like, the previous right. episodes if it rained. Yeah, I don't remember. But yeah, that would make sense. It's like sometimes, you know, when you when you live in like a city, you, the rain is like, ugh, how annoying. But when you live in yeah. somewhere like the farm or if you live in this jungle in which you don't get water that often, it must be nice to get water on the beach. You know, it's like when we run out of water on the beach, then we can go to the caves. But if I don't have to go to the caves, then great. You know, because we know that they have like a little like tarp watering hole type thing where the water goes in there. Does that make sense? You know what I mean? Oh, no, yeah. it makes perfect sense. Yeah, so... We're, like, trying to figure out, like, the irrigation system. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I remember re-watching this recently, um, and, like, I knew it was Sawyer all along, and that kind of gives it a really weird tinge where it's like, ugh, you know, I feel gross about everything that Sawyer does, but I, I was watching it, and I was like, oh, man, isn't this a nice turn for Sawyer? He really, like, cares about Sun and is willing to, like, go run out into the jungle. And now I'm like, mm. ah, no, it's the literal opposite. He's like, oh, there, my plan is going well. An opportunity. A woman is bleeding unconscious in the jungle. Woohoo! You know? Ew! Yeah. yeah. Gross. He's like, I, like, she's screaming and he's like, ah, oh, yes, my plan is in action. Like, <laughs> yeah. Ah, Sawyer, you suck. That's gross. But Sawyer is doing some serious acting this episode. Like, we see it even in the flashbacks, too, is it's like, you know, I mean, to be a con man, you have to be a really good actor. And he sure is doing that, you know? With, with Kate, even, after they find the hood, he's like, no, hmm, I am Sherlock. This, the thread count is different, you know? And it's like, but he's totally... He's like, oh, Anna Lucia, blah, blah, blah. He's doing such good acting. He's really going for it. Yeah, no, he sells it. Yeah. He's a con man. Exactly. Oh, um, when Jin runs up to Sun in Korean, he says, honey, honey, what happened? Oh, I love Jin and Sun so much. <laughs> I also wrote that, like, um, you know, like, like the, the nicknames uh, Sawyer uses. Yes. This one, I forget to write who we called it uh, to, but I think, I don't know. I don't remember if it. I think it's an Lucia, but like he called her Shira. Yeah, yeah, Sheena. Yeah, yeah. 
I really like um, that that like nickname. Sheena, and, Queen of the Jungle. Sawyer yeah. calls Kate Sheena. Sheena is a jungle-dwelling comic book character able to communicate with the wild animals. She was fiercely proficient in fighting with knives, spears, and bows, and improvised with makeshift weapons. She appeared in her own television series from 1955 to 1956. Wow. So, again, more proof that Sawyer is a huge nerd. Yeah. Also, another thing, like, is this the scene where, like, uh, Sawyer is already... Uh, sorry. Jack is already checking on Sun. Right, yeah. We're, okay. Yeah, I think we're about to go there. Oh, okay, okay. So, okay, yeah. go on. Okay, great. So, uh, Jack, Locke, Kate, Sawyer, and Anna are huddled having a chat. Locke reminds everyone that the other said they would leave them alone. Apparently, they lied. Anna says they should take a look around with guns. Locke says no. They could have another Shannon on their hands. Anna. Jack says they'll have to wait for Sun to wake up to tell them the tea. Hmm. Tell them what's up. They're like, mm, yeah, guys, I got some hot guys. Sawyer being in this little round table is so good for his plan. Yeah. Like, them being like, oh, Sawyer, you're a part of this. Sawyer's probably like, oh, thank you so much. I love... Because he's watching his plan unfold and completely, totally working. No one... No one... Um, 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 no one suspects him. No. And he can see it right there. It's just like, you know, for as dumb as a bag of rocks as Sawyer is at mm-hmm. times, he is... He's a fantastic manipulator. Mm-hmm. He's a tactician through and through. Yeah. He's a brooding anti-hero. And he does not have a feminist agenda. No, that's that's for sure. Yeah. He sure doesn't. He sure doesn't. But like literally, let's not have another Shannon is basically what Locke is saying. Without without yeah. without saying the actual words, he's saying this is exactly what happened to Shannon. We're not doing this again. Yeah. You know? Especially with a baby around. Yeah. Um, uh, Joanna, what do you think? Um, like one thing. I also noticed about this scene and I really liked is like about the transition from like the flashback to this scene. It's like mm-hmm. the flashback, it's the moment like they're looking at necklaces and like the transition, yeah. it's to like Jack looking at the watch. Mm-hmm. And I just really like how it works that way. Like they're like um, both necklaces and watch is like, now I don't know the name of the thing. Like things you wear, like uh, jewelry, jewelry. Uh, accessories. Yeah. yeah, sorry, jewelry. And, like, I really like how it makes that connection. Like, this episode, I feel like the transitions between the flashbacks and the present are so well done. Always. There's so many things that connect both both storylines, both arcs. So true. So true. Congratulations to the writers and to Roxanne Dawson. <laughs> well, I'm always, like, also thinking, like, sometimes... Okay, this is going to sound stupid, but sometimes I, like... <laughs> I'm ready for what you're about to say. (laughs) Do you ever get so invested in like a TV show that you're like, that you kind of forget it's not real? Yeah, when I was watching Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, Yeah. so like sometimes I'll like be watching an episode and I'll be like, oh, what a freaking great coincidence. (laughs) That that Swear's doing a long con here and he did a long con in the past. How smart is it that they're able to like put those together? Like that's great. And then I'm like, Robin, they wrote that. They made it up. (laughs) You know? You're killing me. What a great coincidence. Robin, do you also think Riverdale is real? Oh, God, I hope not. <laughs> it just, This implies that, like, at some point you've gotten so lost in, like, a TV show, say, <clears throat> Riverdale, mm-hmm. um, that you thought Papa Poutine might be real. <laughs> is that fair to say? No, what? <laughs> Jack said to wait, but when... But when have Sawyer and Kate ever listened to Jack? Never. They go off into the jungle to search for clues. Sawyer points out that a lot of the details don't make sense. They find the hood that was put over Sun's head and realize that it must have been someone from their camp because the hood isn't the same as the one from 212. Sorry, 211. Okay, so now looking back. Oh, sorry, you're not done yet. Sawyer points a finger at Anna. Okay. Continue. 
So now looking back, Sawyer sold this lie too well. Mm-hmm. Because if you go and look, you're like, why is Sawyer so observant that he's paying attention to the hood? Yeah. And why is he pointing it out? Like, you're on an island. They don't have an inexhaustible supply of hoods. He wasn't Maybe very you do close have to, to make one out of burlap. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? He wasn't very close to them. To as far as I know, like was Kate? Uh, uh, maybe I'm misremembering, but was Kate like pushed into Sawyer? But I'm pretty sure they took the hood back. You know, yeah. like it's a hood, just like the one they put over my head. No, it's not. This one's black, different weave. It's all in the details, and they're wrong. Well, if it wasn't them, then who? Were you saying one of us did it? Who the hell would want to go after some? Not much upside in scaring the crap out of 46 people. Unless you're trying to con them into joining an army. Like, Sawyer doesn't have the hood to, like, look at. So <laughs> Sawyer, when he's got the hood on, he's, like, trying to, like, analyze, like, the yeah. composition of it. He's like, mm, okay, so this is partially rayon. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? Polyester blend. <laughs> Let me check the dye count to make sure which black this is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, now you look at it and you're like, Sawyer, you did too much, bud. I, it's so funny to me that Jack was like, hey guys, we're gonna wait, okay? And they were like, yes, we will wait. But like, what happened literally two episodes ago? Jack was like, Kate, you can't come. And then Kate came anyway, you know? Well, if Jack would stop treating Kate as his property that he can boss around, these sort of things wouldn't happen. Go off. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so they go off and do stuff even though Jack said not to. But like Sawyer's like you're not the boss of me. Sorry, go ahead, John. I was just making a bad joke. Um, but like with with Sawyer, you don't know if he's telling the truth about the other hood. He could just making stuff up. Right. Yeah. Oh, totally. He could just making stuff up about the the other one being a certain way because he probably never looked at it. He just wants like Kate to think it's a different one. Right. That's such a that's such a good point. Like he could have no clue what he's talking about. The person who would know is Kate. <laughs> exactly. She's and been she just, enough. Of she them. just takes his his word for it. Sawyer is such a great manipulator, and he does some really great manipulating of Kate. I mean, obviously it's terrible, but like as far as manipulating go, he does a pretty good job with Kate this episode. Yeah. But like this is one of the ones where it's like Sawyer that could have gone wrong real quick. Yeah. That could have gone wrong really bad. Because okay. Go with me, guys. Mm-hmm. But if he had tried this on Saeed... Oh my gosh. ...would not have worked. Yeah, Saeed would have been like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Saeed would be like, actually, they were all black burlap and you're full of it. Yeah. Or Saeed would be like, yeah, you're right, but I've only seen one person with this recently. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't Anna Lucia. Yeah. But it's also like faith that like normal people and like Kate don't look at Oods and try to be sure of every detail about it. Like, most people just look, okay, it's a hood. Like, every hood, it's the same. You don't care about Mm -hmm. uh, the threat count or if it's a darker black or a little lighter or just dark blue. Like, those are things you don't remember. Exactly. Yeah, so it makes sense when someone tells you, oh, it's like this. You just easily believe because you think they they did the research for it. Kate's like, oh my gosh, you're right. I mean, when I had the hood on my head, I was just kind of worried about being murdered. So I wasn't really paying attention. Yeah, I'd be like, that that wasn't what I was taking stock of, but okay. So I think I already know the answer to this, but is Sawyer trying to frame Anna or is he trying to frame Jack? Oh, I never considered that he was trying to frame Jack. Yeah, I, I think he definitely was trying to frame Anna, especially because 
I mean, maybe he's just trying to frame whoever, but like, I think it would be kind of off the mark to assume that Kate would be like, you're right, Jack is the one who attacked Sun. You know, like, Jack would never do that. Yeah. But we don't know Anna, yeah. you know? Yeah, she's an unknown entity, easy yeah. to frame. Do you think that's why he picked her? Picked Anna? Yeah. Yeah. Because she was easy to frame because she was so unknown? Well, I mean, yeah, and we, we, we know she's a fighter and she's willing to do stuff. Yeah. You know? I mean, and Sawyer has, he spent more time with Anna than with Kate. Or than Kate has, because Sawyer spent all that time with Anna while he was, I mean, he was a little unconscious for some of it. But, <laughs> but like, you know, he's fought with Anna Lucia. He doesn't like Anna Lucia. So it's like, you know, and if you go with Ship Joyer, maybe Sawyer likes Jack more than he likes Anna Lucia. <laughs> oh, yeah. John, are you familiar with how we've explained Jack and Sawyer's Ascension? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I heard, yeah. I heard like the podcast is awesome. I really like it. Yeah. <laughs> we just decided, like, all of this, like, machismo, like, posturing is so much better if we decide that they're in love with each other. I have more thoughts about this later. <laughs> like, more more Jack and Sawyer thoughts. Much um, better. Yeah. Kate asks Jack how well he knows Anna. Sawyer has totally got it into her head that she is behind all of this. Later, Jack is talking to Anna, and she says she got more people to join. Jack starts to doubt her as well, interrogating her about where she was during the attack. Saved by the Australian Bell, though. Claire comes running out to tell them that Sun is awake. Australian Bell? That joke works on so many levels. It sure does. That's fantastic. Please explain my joke. Well, because she played Bell on Once Upon a Time. Ayy! And because she's blonde and she kind of looks like a little Southern Belle. Ayy! I got it. I Thank got the you. joke. I got it. Okay. And correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just misremembering. But I will happily correct you okay. if you're wrong. Yeah. Kate doesn't say, Jack. You know who thinks that Anna is bad? Sawyer. You know? If she had said, Sawyer told me, then Jack would have been like, okay, I don't believe you. But because Kate is like, hmm, maybe, maybe not Anna, then Jack believes Kate. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, yeah, if Kate had said, Sawyer told me, then Jack wouldn't have believed it. But are you saying that's a good thing or a bad thing? I'm saying it's interesting writing. Ah. I'm saying that it's very coincidental that that continued to work out for Sawyer because if Sawyer had been like, Hey, what if it's Anna Lucia? Jack would have been like, well, Sawyer, you're full of crap. And now I'm suspicious of you. And that could have happened, but it didn't, you know, but like they, by now they all know like how to play each other and how like their relationships work. So like if Kate is working with Sawyer and they need like a Jack's help, like they know that Kate should be the one to ask like Jack for help. And right. Like Sawyer knows, Kate will think that. That's and we'll go such to a good point. Yeah. yeah, like Kate knows that if something comes from Sawyer, Jack's just going to dismiss it. So she has to present it as if it's coming from her. <gasps> That's so smart. Well, Sawyer, he does a lot of reading. He does a lot of sitting and reading. But when he doesn't have anything to read, he does a lot of sitting and people watching. He yeah. knows. He knows everybody. He knows how to manipulate them because he's paid so much attention to them. Sawyer and my grandma have a lot in common. <laughs> great she has alzheimer's but otherwise yeah i think that goes back to why like we're talking about the beginning of why like sawyer knows about anna lucy and jack wanting to build an army yeah like sawyer wants to listen to like everybody and know everybody to know like to play them Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. know how to live and survive in the island yeah okay so going on this premise that it's actually not really a premise. It's actually just kind of accurate because we mm-hmm. see it in canon. Is Sawyer the source of a lot of Hurley's gossip? <laughs> I feel like Hurley might be the source of a lot of Sawyer's gossip. You think? Well, I mean, you know, Sawyer does a lot of looking, but also Hurley is literally an open book. And 
say anything. <laughs> Hurley is, as John Mulaney would say, dumb and easy to trick. Yeah. So. <laughs> no offense, Hurley. I love you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So when Jack says, where were you this morning? And Anna says, lots of places. I got a couple more people interested in joining up. Yeah? Who? Uh, the big guy who lives behind Saeed and Scott. You mean Steve. Scott's dead. Scott, Steve. The point is, after what happened, people are finally willing to do something. Where were you this morning? Lots of places. During the rainstorm. You think I had something to do with Sun getting grabbed? Now, where would you get an idea like that? Do we think it's Anna? I mean, like, that's not a great answer. It, yeah, that's yeah. not the most convincing answer. Obviously, that's what they're trying to do. Like, the writers are obviously trying to write that. But, like, come on. It's a little ham-fisted. When, when, when he's like, where were you? Obviously, you're being, you're being, um, the, the finger's being pointed at you. If it was me, I'd be like, oh. F- excuse me very much here are all the places i was let me prove to you why yeah. you're wrong you know instead of being like i don't know lots of places i think like anna doesn't like that is even asking her if it was her yeah yeah like it's offensive to her yeah mm-hmm. yeah that's um, why if i were her i would have been like why yeah you know excuse my first you. question been like why and what about it <laughs> yeah and what about it <laughs> yep um we get another scott and steve joke also in this scene which i appreciate Oh, R.I.P. Scott. <laughs> I, I literally was looking at you and I was like, you don't please remember. Know. Yes, you please don't remember know which I don't know dead. which one died. <laughs> okay, here, can I can I give you a, a helpful way of remembering? Sure. Our friend, his name's Scott. Yeah. He's dead. Oh, okay. I don't really know. Mu- I don't really know. Our friend Steve. Scott isn't really dead. He's a wonderful no. person. Yeah. Yeah. That's like so, my but. question. Like my question about that scene is like Scott died in season one, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. How does Anna call him like Scott? Like, Scott is dead. Why is she mixing up the names? Great point. (laughs) She never met Scott. You know what this is? Somebody else has been messing it up for her. Somebody else who knew Scott has been calling Steve Scott. That's what it is. That has to be the truth. That has to be it. No, that's so funny, though. It has to be it. What other explanation? She just, like, someone goes, go ask Scott and Steve, like, forgetting that one one half of Scott and Steve is dead. She's like, are you Scott and or Steve? And he's like, uh, yes. Yes, and thanks for bringing it up. Yeah. My friend Scott. My gay lover. <laughs> um, okay, I'm gonna move on to the next scene. But we're having so much fun with this one. I know. Um, Sun is okay. She tells them what she remembers, being yelled at by Jin and Korean at the same time. She didn't get a lot of details. Jin demands a gun from Jack. Kate and Sawyer are watching, and she tells him to go warn Locke because they shouldn't have the guns. Okay, so... What does Jin say in Korean? Okay. Jin says, what did you say? Tell me too. And Sun says, it's what you told me, which is the only line that doesn't make sense to me in this in this, yeah, um, in this exchange. Jin says, it cannot be just like this. We got to get them. Sun says, honey, please. And Jin says, no. So I don't really know what, uh, you know, you get the gist of what they're saying, but, but, but there's the, one line really that doesn't make sense. But it doesn't really fit the, yeah. they're awkwardly shoved in puzzle pieces. What, I mean- yeah, in, in Korean, I assume it makes sense. But translated, uh, it's just a little weird. But that's always how it is. Yeah. That's how languages work. Hey, Joanna, you speak other languages. I, is translation weird? Yeah. I can tell you, like, when you come up, like, if you need help in, like, the season two finale, like, they speak Portuguese yeah. with Penny. Yes! Okay, so if you need, like, 
tell me and like I will translate what they're saying. I would love that. That would be amazing. Yes. <laughs> Robin's like very excited now. She's yes. like, yes, I would love that. Of course. Um, why are they pitting Anna and Kate against each other? You know why? Sexism. <laughs> because they're supposed, supposed to be like romantic interests of Jack and women can't be friends with each other. Which is weird because uh, all in all, women tend to really stick together more than they do anything else. Yeah, obviously our, our segment about the Bechtel test is later, but there are a lot of women in this episode. There are a lot of them. Yeah. Um, but they don't talk to each other, so the, it doesn't pass the Bechtel test. Nope. Cassidy is, is an important woman, doesn't talk to anybody else. Uh, Kate is important, but doesn't talk to any women. Sun, Anna Lucia, even Claire has a line this episode, but none of them ever talk to each other. I mean, Kate and Anna Lucia are both in that little huddle, but they don't, you know, that's not how the yeah, it, works. Yeah, no. And they don't even, like, talk to each other. So, um, anyway, what the heck? It needs sex because some of, like, the show's best scenes are, like, when women are talking, like, with other women and, like, supporting each other. Like, there's so many good scenes when they're, they're like, protecting each other, like, just talking about regular stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, like, they are so rare. So true. Which is a shame because the women on this show, when they're allowed to, you know, be as complex and as messy and as, you know, unlikable and likable as possible, are extraordinary women. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they're severely underutilized. Like, Anna and Kate together would be an incredible duo. So true. Yes. And a great ship. Mm. Anna has called Kate hot before. Bisexual Anna. There you go. I just wanted to also bring up, again how much Sawyer is manipulating Kate this episode. Obviously, there's the big long con in the flashbacks. Um, Sawyer does a bit of a short con, because the way that he um, explains a long con in the flashbacks is that you have to have an idea, and you have to make the other person have the idea to make it seem like it was their idea and not your idea. So not only is Sawyer going to Locke in a, in a few scenes here and saying, like, Locke, um, you gotta move the guns, and... And he's saying, or like, you got to change the combo. Locke says, no, I have to move the guns. And going off exactly what Sawyer wants him to do. Mm -hmm. And Sawyer's like, what? Okay, I guess. You know, it's like literally exactly what he's explaining a long con to be. But also with Kate, Kate is saying, oh my God, Sawyer, you have to go to Locke. And Sawyer literally goes, what? Me? Why? Why? Even though that's exactly what he wants to do. Yep. Hey, what's going on? It's like the good folks of Iowa in town are about to form a posse. Get themselves armed up. Hell, I wouldn't be surprised if Jack didn't find that horse of yours. Start leading the charge in a big white hat. The guns. This is all her play to get her hands on the guns. Lock, you need to go and tell them that they're coming. I need to tell him. Sawyer, please. He's literally getting her to have the idea that he wants her to have. It's amazing. It's like, it, I mean, it's terrible, but it's like, wow. It's a hard one talent that it's a damn shame that he has. Yeah. Uh, Sawyer gets to the hatch where Locke is alphabetizing the bookshelf. Anything to keep yourself busy, I guess. <laughs> Sawyer warns Locke about Jack and Co. He tells Locke to change the combo, but Locke wants to full-on move the guns. He needs Sawyer to stay in the hatch and press the button while he's gone. Okay, so a big question. Mm-hmm. Why was Locke alphabetizing books? He was bored. Okay. 
But it is kind of weird because he literally, like, he had the book and he was like, like, does he think there's something inside of the book? Because that's kind of what he was doing. I didn't think about that. Echo found that piece of the um, orientation tape inside the Bible. <gasps> um, so I wonder if maybe he's Duh. looking for more things hidden inside books. He totally is. Yeah. He, he has to uncover every secret that the hatch holds. Yeah. And it's just like, that scene made me like, think it's spoiler. So like, I will keep it for them. But it's like, it just made me think of like a scene, but I'm not sure. So I, I'll keep it for spoilers. I just. Okay. okay yeah. Okay. Make sure you write it down. Don't forget. Um, Sawyer knows what the Dewey Decimal System is. I mean, who knows? I'm always surprised that Sawyer can read. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Just, just a general. big shock. Um, He's a highly Sawyer intelligent man, but you know. Calls son Tokyo Rose. So racism. Oh. Uh, Sawyer calls son Tokyo Rose. This is a generic name given by Allied forces in the South Pacific during World War II to any of approximately 20 English speaking female broadcasters of Japanese propaganda. <sighs> She's Korean. She's Korean. Also, just the, the fact that it was a it was a generic name given to any of 20 women. English-speaking Japanese women. Ah, racism. Like, Sawyer, Sawyer's casual racism, I mean, it, it's not good then. It's not good now. Mm. It didn't age well. No. But it makes him so deeply unlikable, especially now. Yeah. Because when he does stuff like this, I'm just like, like, a grown man doing things like that, how am I supposed to appreciate this character at all? Yeah. If these microaggressions are just constantly happening. True. And it's twice in one episode of, with Hurley as well. Yeah. Oh, here's my joyer. Here's my joyer. Oh, okay. Um, he says that he wants to annoy Jack. Uh-huh. Just to annoy Jack. Because he just thinks he's so cute when he gets mad. Um, yeah. He's like, oh, he stamps his little feet. And maybe he's just kind of mad at Jack for spending time with a girl. <sighs> yeah. He's like, hey, that's my boyfriend. <laughs> and you started an army without him, too. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, well, I'm not a part of it. Well... Now you have to suffer. Yeah. <laughs> and now he's like, oh, Jack, now that I have a gun, so you have to come talk to me more. <laughs> Again, this makes it more tolerable than just them fighting over power. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, Sawyer calls Locke Haas. Um, and we talk, talked about the nickname of Haas before. He's already called people this before. And I looked it up and he calls seven different people Haas throughout the series. <laughs> so that's, there you go. What? That's one of those details where someone would pick up on it and use it in fan fiction to try yeah. and establish, like, Sawyer's character. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, one of those little quirks? Yeah. Um, do you guys have any other thoughts about this uh, scene? Uh, I think... I don't think so. You good? Only spoiler stuff. Okay, good. Yeah. Good. <laughs> okay. That's where we're, like, we get to let loose and everyone just relaxes. We're like, ah, okay. So, yeah. spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. <laughs> okay, um, next scene. Uh, Jack and Jin show up to the hatch and ask where Locke is. Sawyer spends some time stalling and being sarcastic. Jack opens the vault and oh no, no guns. I'm I'm shocked. I'm shocked. Sawyer says to Jack, oh, one second, I'm almost got my high score on Donkey Kong. First of all, Sawyer, that's a really funny joke. Uh, second of all, <laughs> my favorite part though is the fact that Jack waits. <laughs> like he really does wait. Well, I mean, he knows that he's supposed to wait for the timer anyway. Yeah, he has to. He- he has to do the button. But, but, like, literally all the mental capacity that's required to do the button is to press a button. Yeah. And he's still just like, okay. He he waits. He's yeah. like, I'm like, dude, you're in a hurry, but whatever. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. It makes it even funnier, though, when you learn what Jin says in Korean. Which because is. basically Sawyer's like, hey, Jack, can you wait for a second? Jack is like, sure. And he waits. And Jin says, because he doesn't understand that Sawyer asked Jack to wait. Jin says, what are you waiting for? Let's get the gun out fast. He's like, um, what's the holdup, bud? 
They're like, hang on, we're doing a bit. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was so funny that they opened it and all the guns were gone. And Sawyer was like, oh no, <laughs> a theft. Oh dear. Who could have done this? Who could have done this? How rude. And then Jack is like trying to attack Sawyer and Jin stops him and says, do not mind Sawyer. Stop. Oh. So Jin is like, listen, I'm pissed too, but we're not, we're not about this life right now. And he's like, also Sawyer's low-key kind of my friend, so I kind of got to like defend him a little. Yeah. Do you think they're still going to be friends after this? Sawyer and Jin? Yeah. I mean, they are. (laughs) He's like, I forgive you for uh, kidnapping my wife to prove a point. Oh, right. I mean- yeah, I we do learn, like, eventually Sun does learn what happened, but I don't remember if they ever have a moment where Jin does, because, yeah, this is, spo- I have spoiler, I have spoiler thoughts okay. on this, I think. Jack runs to Locke on the beach. Where are the guns? Locke moved them because Jack was going to steal them, ruining their agreement. Well, that lasted less than a day. Yeah. Locke thought he had a leg up, but Sawyer has the guns now. He makes a speech about being new sheriff in town and how everyone took his stuff while he was trying to get everyone rescued. He's the only one who knows where they are, so everyone needs to respect him. What did Sawyer think was going to happen when he left the island? Literally? I'm what like, were they supposed to do? They could have been like, I mean, okay, so here, here are the two things that could happen, okay? Worst case scenario, everyone on the raft fully dies. Yeah. And Sawyer can't use his stuff anyway. Because so he's everyone, dead. So everyone takes his stuff. Best case scenario, they get rescued. And so Sawyer doesn't need his stuff because he has his own house. Yeah. Out, out in the real world now. And not on an island. They did. In a tent. One thing that they did not expect was for Sawyer to come back. Yeah. So, frick you, Sawyer? <laughs> like, what did he expect them to build a shrine to him and keep all his stuff under a picture of him? Like, they need that stuff. I just, I have so many questions about, and this is why I think that part of this episode doesn't work, is because Sawyer's logic doesn't make sense. Right. Yeah, I was gonna say, do we think this is a fair reason for Sawyer to do this? And I think the answer is no. No. In my opinion. It's like, it's very much like what a child would do. Like, when you, like, when you have children, like, painting with, like, a red pencil, and then they put it down, and someone someone else takes it, and now they want (laughs) it back. And it's like, why? That's, like, something you do in preschool or like elementary school not something you you do as a full-grown adult yeah exactly the fact that he says hey you took my stuff you child it's like get new stuff yeah who cares yeah that's why i i think they tried to force this part of the plot line to work because they wanted to have the whole episode be two different cons Uh uh-huh and then they were like okay well what's sawyer's motivation for the con that he does with Charlie, because we need to, we need to get away to get the guns out of Jack and Locke's purview, basically. Right. Yeah. And so they're like, oh, okay, well, let's have Sawyer be mad about his stuff. And it's like, mm. eh. yeah, and that's a very simplistic view of Sawyer that I don't think works considering the rest of the episode spends a bunch of time saying how complex he is. Yeah. I don't know. I think, I think it's, it's a bad excuse. Yeah. I was just going to say, it seems like he's bored at something and just like, I want something to do. So I'm going to use this excuse and just throw this like long con, like do something just to spend the time, spend the day doing something and not just hanging out in my tent. Yeah, it's like he's bored. Yeah. So he's going to like start some stuff. Yeah. I agree. I think that I would be more upset about it if we hadn't had that scene with Kate later who says, I don't think it's about this. Yeah. I don't think it's about that. I think you just don't want people to like you, you know? So, which is yeah. fine. Yeah. And like, but again, it makes me wonder if that scene was put in there to justify the reasons that Sawyer put in earlier. Do you right. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, in the end, it works perfectly because it makes sense that Sawyer just doesn't want people to like him. Yeah. It just kind of is like, you can find ways to do that that isn't putting everyone in danger. Right. 
or re-enabling an addict, which is a huge problem. Yeah. yeah. But also, like, I wonder, like, how many of, like, the regular people in the island, like, people that are not Czech or Kate or Anna Lucia, are, like, bothered by Sawyer taking the gun. Yeah. I think, like, most people wouldn't care that much. Yeah, because they're like, what are we supposed to do with the guns? Yeah. Like, this, we're just trying to survive. Even, like, Arst, when he was like, y'all are out here being all cool and you're the main characters or whatever. Well, we're all still here, too. I'm sorry we can't sit at the cool kid table. Yeah, you exactly. know, It's yeah. like everyone else is here. Like, he's mad that he's not one of, like, the senior staff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We had an agreement! An agreement that you were about to violate, Jack. Yes. Move the guns. Where? Where? Where, John? Well, are you going to start handing them out? How many? Who gets them? How much time before there's an accident? Another accident. I made a mistake teaching Michael how to shoot. Now he's... He could be dead for all I know. And that... That... that that was my fault. I take responsibility for that, and so, yes, I'm taking responsibility for the guns. I too. want two I'm guns, sorry, Jack. John. That's the way it's going to be, guns. Jack. I'm now sorry. tell me where they are right now. I thought that the moment where Jack is like, oh my god, Locke, you, t- you gave the guns to Sawyer, and Locke is like, um, no, um, I hid them, is so satisfying, because yep. you never see Locke. It's, it's very... Uh, seldom that we see Locke out of his element being surprised by something. Yep. So I love that moment. I love when Locke's on the back foot because it humbles him a little bit. It's exactly what Charlie wanted to see. Yep. You know, so. Yeah, goal achieved, basically. Yeah. Kate comes to Sawyer asking him how he pulled it off. He won't say. Kate knows that she was played today. She asks if he had anything to do with Sun. He doesn't technically say no, but he does imply that he says no. Yeah. Um, Kate doesn't think it's about any of the things he said it was. He just doesn't want to be liked. Sawyer says that's just who he is. And I mean, how would he not have anything to do with Sun, basically? Yeah. Like, but the fact that he doesn't say it because he's genuinely offended that Kate would accuse him of the exact thing that he did. Yeah. Is so wonderfully and stupidly Sawyer. It's like, how dare you say accurate things? Well, I mean, obviously he has to say that because he he can't have anyone know. You know, obviously he did the thing where he stole the guns, but he doesn't want anyone to know that. He He still wants people to respect him. Yeah. You know, and if, if they learned about the sun thing, they would not. Yeah. So. I do, obviously this is, you know, there are skate moments, but it's not like the best skate episode because terrible things happen and their relationship is really weird in this episode. But she says, you want people to hate you. And he says, but I know you don't hate me. Locke said that he left you in the hatch when he went to hide the guns. And we both know you can't track where the dam. So how'd you get them? Just never tells his secrets. You played us. You played me. All that stuff you said about Anna Lucia, you knew I would go to Jack. And you knew I'd ask you to go to Locke. How in the world would I know all that? Did you have anything to do with Sun? What kind of person do you think I am? What kind of a person do I think you are? I don't think this has anything to do with guns. Or with getting your stash back. I think you want people to hate you. 
thing. You don't hate me, Freckles. And the fact that she doesn't go, um, no, I do hate you, is like skate content. That is, that is skate content. Yeah. Yeah. It's like she could, she could have been like, no, I do hate you. You suck. What the hell? But she doesn't. I don't know. He uses the phrase, tiger don't change his stripes. And I think Gordy used that. So, you know, that's just another uh, phrase that's used multiple times. Yeah. Sorry, you were a phrase repeater. You are a phrase repeater, sir. Guilty. All right, continuing on. Turns out it was Charlie who attacked Sun and went along with Sawyer's plan. Charlie was the one who followed Locke to where he was hiding everything. Sawyer tries to give Charlie his heroin back, but Charlie says that he really did it to embarrass Locke. He asks how someone thinks up something so garbagey. I mean, we've already kind of talked about a lot of this already. Yeah. Um, Charlie wanted to embarrass Locke. He got to watch. I went back to check yeah. to make sure that Charlie was actually there, and he was. That was one of the things that I was trying to figure out when we were talking about it earlier, is whether or not Charlie actually saw it. He did. I um, checked. There was a shot of him. Yeah. And then, I don't know, I just like... This whole thing just makes me kind of uncomfortable. To be yeah. Honest. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's also weird because last episode after Locke or punches Charlie and everything, you know, I thought, oh, this must be a turning point for Charlie. But then I forgot that this is probably the worst thing that Charlie does. Yep. Like probably in the whole series, this is maybe the worst thing he does. So what the hell what happened the hell? to Charlie? Yeah. I mean, they just needed, you know, last episode they said they needed to throw a wrench in Charlie and Claire. And I guess they were thinking, Sawyer can't do this by himself. He needs an ally. Who else is on the outs? Charlie, you know? It doesn't seem like it, it was for Charlie. It was... Which is a damn shame yeah, for because Sawyer. Because this storyline would have been more interesting if it was Anna Lucia. Mm. I yeah, think I think it would have worked better and the motivations would have been more clear if it was that and not like Sawyer trying to just grab power and then give Charlie the drugs back. Like none of this fits together in a way that I find overly narratively satisfying. Right. I agree. The motivations don't fit as well. Yeah. But also like if it had been Anna Lucia, like it would like it would build up to like people hating her. Mm-hmm. And, like I think they're trying to change a bit of her story like because like your first idea of NLC is that she shot Shannon so they're trying like to change the storyline if they had made her shot Shannon and then kidnap son like it to like build her character to be worse and to be hated more mm, yeah That's there's no bringing her okay. back from that good point good point Right. Like, for example, season three of The Hundred, Bellamy, kind of horrible. And, you know, but you're able to forgive him because you've had two full seasons of loving Bellamy, you know, and being like, it's okay. But with Anna, we literally just met her. She's already done something that we don't like. So there'd be no bringing her back from that. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I just think in terms of conflict, that would have been what I would have preferred. But yeah, you're right. It would have made her far too hated. Yeah, I wonder who else it could have been if not it could Charlie. It, it, it could have been that or it could have been I mean, a nice twist would have also been Jack and they were trying to undermine Locke the entire time. Right. But but would have been really out of character for Jack. Exactly. Not that it isn't out of character for Charlie, but yeah. you know, there's been more of a build up for the, it. There was the whole twist doesn't quite work, but you know, you kind of go with it. Yeah. I just want to say, like, Charlotte is already, like, acting weird and doing all this weird stuff. Yeah. So you're also not, like, making another character do weird stuff. That's true. You're still keeping it, like, with the same one. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's true. true. Charlie kind of becomes, like, the scapegoat for when people yeah. need to do uh, unbelievable out-of-character things. Yeah. That's that's so true. Here's, okay, here's a point that I had that is, it's kind of weird. It's... I'm getting kind of, like, blackmail-y vibes in, in the weird way that, like, Charlie says, listen, son can never find out about this. And Charlie, and Sawyer's like, oh yeah, she won't. 
And so it feels like Sawyer is kind of blackmailing Charlie, but also Charlie decide like said he would do it. You know what I mean? Like it's weird that Charlie is like, son can never find out, make sure nobody ever finds out, Claire can never find out. And it's like, okay, then why did you do it? Exactly. If you if you were so concerned, why do it in the first place? Like Sawyer holds this over you now. Like, was it really worth making Locke look like a fool? Because you can do that a lot of other ways. Yeah, that's true. Just like if Sawyer tells about like Charlie kidnapping son. He also has to tell about him being involved in it. True. It's like that's true. None of them can tell. It's like they're both in this pack. Like they know, they know, they know. Like if the other tells, they also know about the about the other person. Or if, if one tell, like and both of them are always involved. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. So lastly, in the storyline, Sawyer says he's not a good person and that he's never done a good thing in his life. And I wanted to ask you guys: Can we name a good thing that Sawyer has done at this point? I I thought of one, but it's something that happens in a flashback later. So it's it's something that he has done at this point in his life, but we haven't seen it yet. So I'm going to talk about it in the spoiler section. Oh, I mean, everything about the raft. Right, that's true. Like his friendship with Michael, mm-hmm. all of that stuff to me was like Sawyer. That's why I think this was so jarring. Right. It was because Sawyer had made so much progress and then just slid right back again. Right. I like immediately also had like a spoiler top like screaming in my mind. So yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Write that down too. All right. Um, Are you guys ready to talk about flashbacks? Let me just like, I realized when we were doing like the island part that I completely forgot to do like the con part and the introduction. Oh, the con thing. Yeah. Who, uh, who would you con? Oh yeah. Who would you con? I've been thinking like, I was thinking while you were answering, like, I don't think I could con anyone. So it's like, I find it really hard to like try to trick mm-hmm. people and lie. I get nervous and like my legs start shaking. So, <laughs> but if I don't think I'd be like any good at it. Yeah, but if you if you could, if you like had, like you you definitely were gonna um, like it was gonna work out for sure. Okay, so someone rich. Yeah, for sure. Yep. I'm trying to think like probably like some po- I don't I don't go. like politicians in Portugal are not rich enough to like oh. con. <laughs> Cristiano Ronaldo would probably be good for money. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. Really good for money. Yeah. All right, well, I mean, perfect. Yeah. So, hey, Brittany, before we do flashbacks, could you tell me about something called Patreon? <sighs> do I have to? Please. Ah, uh, I guess. Um, Patreon <laughs> Patreon is a service that you can go to. Um, it is actually a website. I don't know how to speak English. Cool. Patreon is a website that you can go to where you can donate to your favorite creators if you like what they are making. And it is a monthly donation that starts for us at a dollar. It gives you pre-access to episodes and um, other exclusive fun things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And if you can't donate for any reason, that's totally okay. The next best thing you can do is recommend this to a friend. Thank yeah. you. Great. All right, let's talk about flashbacks. Sawyer is in bed with Cassidy. He tries to pull the usual con on her. The whole, oh no, I'm late for my meeting. Oh no, my briefcase of money fell open. Whoops. She notices that the money isn't even real. Cassidy tells him that she didn't even get that much money from her husband in her divorce. She wants to learn how to con people too. Okay, so I have a question about this. Okay. Do you think Sawyer was originally going to go for that short con if it, and then it didn't work, so he decided to go for the long con? I think... Yes. So, okay. So the flashbacks in this episode are very, very muddy to me. The details are very confusing. It gets really twisted in my brain. Okay. Because, you know, all of it is in that last scene where he's like, Cassidy, blah, 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 tells her about everything. But it's like, is he lying to her? Because he's lying about at least one thing in that instance. You know what I mean? Yeah. it's, It's hard to really understand what happened. But 
as far as I understand, he knew that she had the $600,000. Yes. Even though she told him that she doesn't have that much. He knew that he was li- that she was lying. So he tries to do the regular con on her. You know, if, if he doesn't have to waste his time, he's not going to. You know, he doesn't think yeah, he's going to fall for That's her. what I'm trying to figure out. Yeah. Is, did he do it? Did he give it a shot to see if he didn't have to do the long con? Mm-hmm. Or? I, yeah, I, yeah, that's what I think. I think that he gave it a shot just to do the small one, but she was too smart for him. So he decided to do the long con and it lasted like, I don't know how many months, enough months for them to say, I love you, I guess. I think it was like six months or yeah. Or something it's like a that. a long time. I mean, he was living with her. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I think. But do you remember in episode 116 when they were playing, playing I never Sawyer and Kate mm-hmm. and she said, I never wore pink. And he had to drink because the 80s. Yeah. Sawyer puts on a pink shirt <gasps> in uh, this moment. I love when men wear pink. So there you go. I think it's fantastic. So there you go. He does. I love those details. They're like, yeah, he did wear pink and I'll show it to you later. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's a deep dive. Yeah. The show is committed to details. Okay. Here's my next question. So she notices that the money isn't real. It's literally just, like, one real bill and then the rest of it's newspaper, right? Yeah. But the money was real, I think, in 108, in Confidence Man, when he tried to give the money to TJ from Gilmore Girls. I don't know what it's real. Yeah, that's what I was trying to figure out, is, like, was the money ever real in that con? And if it wasn't, then was the long con the failed short con, or is the long con because the short con failed? The, see this the flashbacks so, in this episode are really confusing yeah. to me to be honest i don't like you know people say this show is confusing i don't find a lot of this show confusing but they, the flashbacks in this episode are confusing but, yeah do do we know for sure that like the money on the first time he did the con was real like in the bedroom scene not when like he exchanges the money right that's the thing is it's like in 108 he says like Listen, if you don't think my money's real, you can just, you can take it and you can have it for like an evening, right? And then his like partner was like, don't do that because then he could just like run off with the money. And Sawyer's like, it's okay, he won't. Dudes need to like look at the money and like really feel like they've got all this money, you know? Yeah. But that's like, but that's the second phase of the con. Yeah, but he never actually does give him the money to like check it out. So it's like, was he just bluffing? Like, who knows? So yeah, I, I mean, I don't even know. I can't keep track of all of Sawyer's cons, and I know that that's the point, Mm -hmm. but that's how I'm like, I call Sawyer dumb as a bag of rocks, but he's actually incredibly smart because he could keep track of all of this. Yeah, right. I fully cannot. Yeah. I mean, you already asked this, Brittany, but did Sawyer know that Cassidy would find him out or did the long con start after this moment? Yeah. So we've already kind of talked about that. We weren't exactly supposed to see that. Are you serious? What? You're not serious. You just happen to have a suitcase full of cash? And you go to pick it up and then the the lock just happens to break? Give me that. It's not even real. Newspaper? Are you trying to con me? What I ask you what all the money's for and you, you do some song and dance about an investment or something and then... And then I say, hey, yo, I've got some money. Look, you got me. Good for you. No harm, no foul. You should have done your homework. I didn't take anything from him in the divorce. 
not even worth your trouble. Why does she want to start conning people now? That's a great question. I think, like, the easy answer and maybe the answer, like, the show wants to give us. Yeah. It's, like, the idea that she's divorced and, like, wants to start a new life. And yeah. she she sees this life of danger and crime and it's exciting. Mm -hmm. And she wants out of, like, her boring housewife life. Like, something like that. Yeah, yeah. she wants, yeah. like, a little bit of adventure. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that I makes agree. sense. I agree. Yeah, I like that. Sawyer is teaching Cassidy this necklace con in which you put big prices on cheap jewelry and try and sell them for less than the price, pretending that you stole them. Cassidy is worried, but Sawyer's done this before. He tries to get these dudes to buy, but they're apprehensive. Cassidy comes up and buys two of them, and suddenly the dudes are super into it. Well, that's genius. Yeah. I don't I would never in a million years fall for that. You wouldn't? No. No. I yeah, I mean it was two dudes. He was Two dudes that, who don't know anything about jewelry. That is a good point. Yeah, yeah, I'd be like, um, yeah, can I touch this gold? Like, can I take it to a jeweler? jeweler? Like, yeah. I'll be back in a minute. Yeah. But these two dudes who have ugly sunglasses, so they don't know anything about anything. <laughs> sunglasses drag? Yeah. I love, like, Cassidy, like, how smart she is, both, like, in this, in the previous thing, like, with her finger, figuring out, like, that it's a con, like, yeah. that Sawyer is playing a plan, uh, is playing a game with her. And then in this scene, like, how well she plays those guys. Yeah. Totally. Like, just, like, I really like how she fits in this world and she understands how these things work, like, easily. And just, like, it's, like, fits in and, know, and knows how to how to do a con and how to fit into this new world she wants to, like, experiment and be adventurous in. Yeah, she's kind of... She takes to it like a duck to water. Yeah. Just like it's so satisfying to see Locke kind of like out of his element and be like so surprised by something. I love the moment where Cassidy is like, um, is this a joke? And Sawyer's like, uh, yeah. what? You know, it's like, it's, it's, it's nice to see men who are always so high up on their pedestals thinking that they can do no wrong get brought down a couple pegs. Yep. It's great. They're like, oh, um... Awkward. I didn't think you were going to bust me doing this thing that I'm actually very practiced at, and I feel weird. <laughs> um, Sawyer calls Cassidy dimples, so um, Freckles isn't a long stretch away from, from his nicknames. Yeah, it's almost like he uh, gives cute nicknames to the women he likes. Yeah, and, mm -hmm. and bad nicknames to everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. Also, like, now that you point that out, like, it makes me think, like, that awful thing, it's sometimes, like guys do where let's not learn the name of anyone like any women and right. just call them by simple nicknames like dimples or freckles to like everyone and it makes me like him right. even less so it's not good <laughs> that's fair <laughs> it makes me like him even less he's like yeah what did i call you looks at face looks at face oh yes yeah we're, freckles we're thing that you might be sensitive about here we go yeah uh just a film student thing I was just thinking that it must have sucked to have to take that band-aid off after every take. Oh yeah. yeah. Ooh. No thanks. Yeah. Maybe they maybe they made it like less sticky for him and just <laughs> used the same one over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sawyer says that people are scared of missing opportunities. How do we connect this to the island storyline this episode? Do you think that's like how he got Charlie? Charlie? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. He's like, like, this is your opportunity, and Charlie yeah, took it. He probably could have easily sold to Charlie that this is one of the few times he'll be able to get one up on Locke. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I agree. It ties so nicely, like, with the, with the island storyline being all about, like, being scared of what's to come, or other people not being scared enough, like, about what's, com what's to come. And, like, to have this speech on the other storyline about 
by people missing out. Yeah. Because of mis- uh, being scared of missing out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... I know that they we're definitely going to have spoiler thoughts about this, but, like, what are the parallels between Ka- uh, Cassidy and Kate? Well, I mean, even on just a friggin' surface, they look alike. Yeah, and, like, he calls them freckles and dimples. Like, it's right there. But is it- d- can we see, like, a pattern in the type of women that he's, like, attracted to? Like, these women who are willing to do the kind of work that he does, you know? Like, he learns that Kate is a fugitive, and that's probably, like, a thing. (laughs) It's probably, like, a thing for him. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, I think that's probably his type of woman. Yeah. And also someone who can, like, that's probably why he thought he could con her, but wound up falling for her, Mm -hmm. was that she challenged him and was actually genuinely interested not in who he presented himself to be, but who he really is. Right. And that is obviously, like, something that would make anyone fall in love. And that's, um, and if I could make my, uh, my skate appreciation, uh, clear, he, I mean, he does con Kate in this episode, too, and he ends up falling for her because, because, yeah, I mean, yeah, just, um, yeah. 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 (laughs) And it's also, like, I think Kate and Cassidy, even their names, yeah. Um, they also give him a degree of, they definitely boost his self-esteem about himself, but also sort of a thrill of safety, because now he's part of a unit. Right. And I think, like, as much as Sawyer operates on his own, we see later, for spoiler reasons, that when he is with someone that makes him better, he is better. Yeah. You know, like, he's just a better person, and he's more comfortable, and grows as a person. And mm-hmm. I think, like, that also might be something he tries to avoid with Kate, too. Mm-hmm. Because he's like, I don't want to be a better person right now. Right. Yeah. Cassidy is taking a shower, and she wants to know what's next. She wants to do a really big con. Sawyer explains to her that it's called a long con, and it's when you get a person to think it's their idea instead of yours, but they would need money. She reveals that she actually got $600,000 in her divorce and they can do it. How how can she not see that she is the long con? It's right there. He explains it to her. But she's so infatuated with him. Ugh, it's sad. It's really sad. It's sad. But I don't know what else she could have done differently. Yeah. Because it's like, you get to a point where you're like, well, it won't happen to me. Well, when you're in the middle of it, you can't be like, oh, you mean what you're doing to me right now? Yeah. You know, like you're, you just don't see it. Like if, if can't see the big picture. And and that's heartbreaking because Cassidy seems like a really good like person who went through some stuff and she just is an interesting character. Yeah. Like she's complex in a way that a lot of one-off characters don't always get to be. Mm-hmm. Sawyer. So we know that Sawyer knew that she had her $600,000, but like, I think another misstep of his is maybe the fact that when she tells him, he doesn't act mad. He doesn't say like, oh, so you lied to me? You know, like like he would if he didn't actually know. You waited this long to tell me? Seriously? Yeah. You know? But instead he's just like, oh, okay. Well, yeah. Because mm. on one hand, it's like, it's kind of like, you kind of wonder if he's playing like, oh, like, I see you're hiding another thing from me. Mm. But like in a kind of cool way. But yeah. no, you're right. It's, he should have. He should have had a bigger reaction, I think. Yeah. But the fact that he says, hey, we well, let's go to an island and sit on a beach is um, yeah. great irony. Because he does go to an island and sits on a beach a lot. <laughs> and it turns out he doesn't like it yeah. that much. <laughs> yeah. Sawyer is sitting in a diner waiting for his business partner, Gordy. 
Gordy. His sandwich is named Gordy. <laughs> That's a Canadian name. Yeah. Gordy. His sandwich is delivered by none other than Kate's mom herself, <gasps> Diane Jansen. I Gordy think you arrives. Mean the original Zelda. Okay. Gordy arrives and he's the worst. He's excited that Sawyer is conning Cassidy because he's the one that found her and he gets a cut of the money. Sawyer really actually likes Cassidy though, so he doesn't want to do it. Gordy says he'll full-on murder them if he doesn't go through with it. Cool. Cool, That's Gordy. a chill thing to say to someone, I think. I have a fun fact. Okay. So this we, we see Diane, and this is actually the only time we ever see her outside of a Kate episode. I'm surprised we see her at all. Yeah. To be honest. Yeah, um, I, I love that. Yeah, I didn't realize it was her. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't know. I just, I have a note where I wrote that, like, I love, her, like, when Gordy calls her sweetheart i love her answer mm-hmm. her answer to him yeah but i didn't realize it was like kate's mom yeah i love that sawyer's already met the parents you know yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right all right fine i also like that like yeah her face was just kind of like looking at him like all right and then it just like leaves like that's that's the struggle of everyone who's ever worked like a retailer service job it reminds me of the very beginning of season one when we get the flashbacks of Kate and the Marshall on the plane mm-hmm. and the flight attendant is like, hey, can I get you more juice? And Kate's like, oh no, I'm okay, thank you. And then she's like, what about you? And he's like, yeah. And he like calls her sweetheart or something and she's like, sure. And then she just walks away. Yeah. And men are always mystified. They're like, why didn't they like that? I'm like, because not, I'm not your sweetheart, you dumbass. Yeah. <laughs> but Gordy, okay, so there's something about Gordy that's kind of interesting Gordy. on Lostpedia. That name just gets me... Gordy. You know why? It's because hmm. it reminds me of Gordy Howe. Who that? Canadian. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Well, um, you're Canadian. He's only in this one episode. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. So before becoming a Michael-centric episode, Adrift was supposed to be Sawyer-centric. In July 2008, some pictures surfaced online, one of them depicting... Gordy in an outdoor beach scene 11 episodes before his first televised appearance. So he was supposed to be in um, some flashbacks with Sawyer in a drift when Sawyer, when it was a Sawyer-centric episode. Does that make sense? And they changed it to a Michael-centric. But how do you change it halfway through production? Who's to say? I don't know. That's all I know. That kind of blows my mind. Yeah. And then once again, we get a tiger doesn't change his stripes. Okay, listen. So I have something embarrassing to say. Oh, fantastic. For the longest time, and I don't remember when this switched over... But for the longest time, I thought that this guy was Cassidy's ex-husband. What? Gordy? Yeah. Why? Can I, let me read you out what he says, because I feel like that might make my mess up make more sense. Saying the word Gordy as much as possible because it brings me joy. Okay, so now that I know that he isn't, it, it like, everything's fine and it totally makes sense. So tell me you got her. Yeah, I got her. All 600 grand. Basically what I thought was that her, her husband was like, let me hire this guy to get my money back. I- that would have been brilliant. Is what I thought that Gordy was. I think I thought the same. Yeah! yeah. Thank you! That's okay, great! You fell for her. Oh, come on. You gotta be kidding me. Look, it's got nothing hey, to do. Hey, I found that bitch. Her name is Cassidy. Well, I waited six months while you and Cassidy played house. Now, if you think I that... I ain't doing it. You know what's making you stupid right now? It's your damn hormones. You think you're in love, but you're not. No, a tiger doesn't change his stripes, James. You're a con man, just like me. And it's not what you do, it's what you are. Do I make myself clear? I'm sorry, man. I just can't do it. No, you're gonna do it. Because that girl, she doesn't know you one bit. But when she finds out who you are, who you really are, she's gonna hate your guts. 
So I thought he was speaking from experience. Yep. It's actually kind of a shame that that's not the case now. Wait a minute. You don't walk away now. You owe me. You don't want to pay me. I'll put one in your ear, James. You and your little friend Cassidy. I fully, for the longest time, thought that Gordy was Cassidy's ex-husband and was trying to get this money back. Now I'm kind of wondering if I would have preferred that. Yeah. Yeah. And he just turned out to be a really dangerous guy. I mean, it doesn't make a huge amount of difference either way. Yeah. But that would have been interesting for sure. Yeah. Do we ever find out, like, how long have, like, Sawyer and... I got I forgot the name of the guy. Um, yeah. Uh, have been working together? Oh. I don't think so. Because this is the only episode that we see him in. And we know that later in his life, slash earlier in the series, though, we have Hibbs, who is, like, this other guy who, you know, finds Frank Duckett for him in Outlaws and is like, this is Sawyer, even though it isn't. Yeah, we don't know much about Gordy. It's like, it makes sense that, like, after this episode, like, it starts, like, pushing away from Gordy. Like, from before, yeah. they could have, like, been working together, like, for years. Yes, yeah. Oh, and you were right also, because he does use six months. He says it was six yes. months. Yes. Um, I know. Yeah. Okay, calm down, Brittany. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just very excited that I knew something that you did not remember. Oh, okay, great. It's a monumental day for me. Okay, so here's where it gets confusing. Cassidy is at home, nervous with all her money. Sawyer comes in and says that Gordy is outside and will kill them if he doesn't take her money because she was the long con the whole time. She's really upset, but then he tells her that he wants to run away with her instead. She needs to take the money and go to a motel and he'll meet her there. They exchange I love yous and she goes. Okay. Okay, so this is hard to follow. Okay. Okay, so, so was Sawyer's plan for Cassidy to assume that he died? Because he didn't show up to the motel? Oh, no. I think it was for her to assume that he conned her. Right, because then she's going to look at her money and realize that that that's not real money. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Okay, Which so there- she should have done in the first place. She, yeah. Uh, not to victim blame, I'm just saying, like, damn, if she thought of that, he never would have got away with it. Yeah. So there are two duffel bags then. There's one with fake money and one with real money, and he has the one with the fake- with the real money, and she has the one with the fake money. Yep. Yes. Great. Yep. <clears throat> So I definitely have some spoiler thoughts on this later. But for the last scene in the flashbacks, after Cassidy runs out, Sawyer goes out to the car, but no one's inside. He waits for a while and goes back in, taking the bag with the real money inside. He feels bad and sad about it. Okay. 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 Um, A couple of the lines are wrong. What do you mean? Yeah. So Sawyer says, when he tells her to go, he says, go, go. And then at the beginning of the next scene, he says, now go. Oh. Yeah. So, I mean, whatever. Just an oops. So he actually stole her money then. He really did. Oh, yeah. In 116, which is Outlaws, when he's talking to Hibbs, he says, I think Hibbs says, like, I was hope like, this would make up for the Tampa job. And Sawyer says, how could anything make up for the Tampa job? And at the time, I thought maybe this was the Tampa job. But this I think it happened. Florida. But it's not. It's not here. So we, we still are, don't know what the Tampa job was. Though that would have been a neat little way to wrap this up. Yeah. Which is, oh yeah, Tampa job. This it's is the this. Tampa job. Yeah. But those are all my thoughts in uh, that episode. Uh, uh, other than spoilers, of course. What do you guys think? I was just thinking, like, you were just like asking if, like, um, Sawyer having having Cassidy go to the motel was like for her to think that he had died, and like during the yeah. episode, like when he moves to the car. And he sits in the car alone. I really thought, like, the uh, the house was, like, going to blow up. Me too! Really? Like, yeah, like, that being Gordy's plan to, like, kill them. That's why she goes off the back. So she, he doesn't see it. And then... Yeah. And then it, 
Sawyer just blowing the elf himself. So like she thinks he's dead, and like Gordy thinks he's dead. Like he can have the money to to himself, and Cassidy's away and safe. I totally got that feeling too, because that's totally how you feel when somebody goes and sits down after something big and says thing and starts counting. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It reminded me of the beginning of what Kate did when she blew up yeah. Wayne, right? It's like you run away and then you just like hold on it and you wonder, you know. I didn't even think about that, but that would have been explosive. <laughs> Shut up. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Do you guys have any other thoughts? Um, Not outside of spoilers. Okay. Yeah. I don't think I have anything else. So before we go into our segments, we got a wonderful email from a listener named Ray. And she was lovely enough to record um, some nice thoughts for us. So here's that. I've just finished watching Lost for the first time after it was recently put onto an Australian streaming service and enjoyed it a thousand percent more than I had expected to, if I'm honest. I didn't go into it thinking I would stick out the entire show, but I did and already want to start again. I still don't completely understand most of what went on, but I was personally on the journey for the characters more so than the mythology, so that's fine with me. I've recently been listening to your podcast and I wanted to applaud you on the way you treat each character with respect and nuance, allowing each of them to have shades of grey. Even if I don't 100% agree with what you've said about them, the discussion will usually explore all sides of a character's situation and motivations, which I appreciate. I've tried listening to several other Lost podcasts and have found them extremely difficult to get through as they usually disintegrate into a misogynistic rant about one of the female characters, particularly Kate. This, of course, would not include all the Lost podcasts, but it has been the case for the other ones I've tried. Though I don't think that my opinion matters more than someone else's, it has only highlighted further something that I have known for a long time, that misogyny is so deeply ingrained into our society, particularly for a character whom, if their characteristics were stripped and placed onto a male, would probably be well-liked. I should probably point out that Kate is my favourite character, so I may be a little bit more sensitive to the matter, but it has been really refreshing to listen to your podcast where the discussion doesn't dissolve into picking apart a character's flaws without any intellectual points to be made. Before this gets too long, I did just want to add that watching this from an Australian's perspective can be quite amusing at times. There are other things I could point out, but I just wanted to get two things off my chest. Number one, some of the accents are really bad. Not all, but Claire's mum? Yikes. Okay, number two. This one makes my eyes twitch. The way Claire pronounces Aaron on the show is not how an Australian pronounces that name. We say Aaron, not Aaron. It's a direction given to the actress and she'll occasionally slip up, but it's very annoying to listen to as an Aussie. To finish up, I just want to say... I really enjoy listening and looking forward to hearing more. Have a great day from Ray. P.S. We do like peanut butter down here, by the way. Anyway, welcome back to that. From Thanks, that. Ray. <laughs> Thank you so much for uh, writing in. I really loved hearing from you. And we actually... We love um, it. Robin actually gets excited when she gets like an email. She's like, oh my God, someone wrote us. And she will sit down. Like she will stop whatever she's doing. She will sit down and like read it like once or twice and then she'll be like okay so here's what happened and like tell me what was in it but the first thing she does is get excited then just concentrate yeah but i also uh got ray to come in she's coming for an episode of season four so she'll be coming in um nice yeah 
really excited to have her. So thank you for writing into us. If anybody else wants to write into us, our email is aficionadaspodcast at gmail.com. Or you can tweet us. Or you can join us. us. Yeah. Um, so now it's time for our best line award. My best line award goes to Sawyer for... You want to read it to me? What, you got an appointment or something? <laughs> oh, boy. And uh, mine goes to Hurley for... You gonna put the lime and the coconut, drink them both up? Lime and the coconut? The song? You know, the lime and the coconut? Yeah. The song? Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Saeed's like, I'm not in the mood to <laughs> laugh right now. Yeah. And mine goes to Ana Lucia for... That's the nice thing about you people. You're not scared enough. Oh, Anna. That's a good one. Classic Anna. Um, so now it's time for Men of Science, Men of Faith. We're going to talk about Sawyer. Mm. Um, what do you think? Science, faith? Both. I'm I'm currently on the side of science. I think, like, on the side of both. Like, think? I can't pick, like, to do a great con, like, you need both sides. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Because you need fair. faith that it's going to work. Yeah, because, like, the science half is, like, all of the um, technical stuff and, like, figuring out everything. But, yeah, you're right. You do have to, you have, to have a big amount of faith because a con is sort of you can plan out things but people are unpredictable so it Mm -hmm. is a leap of faith it really is yeah okay great um now it's time for hurley hurley's walkman the two songs that we hear this episode on the radio with hurley and saeed are moonlight serenade by glenn miller and just just sitting in a rockin i have spoiler thoughts about this oh okay i was like didn't you have thoughts about this yeah um and for sawyer's book corner uh the book that Locke is like going all crazy on with just like shaking it all over the place ah, is called secrets. An Occurrence at Owl Creek Bridge by Ambrose Bierce. An Occurrence at Owl Creek Bridge. One of the books Locke is looking at while alphabetizing them in the hatch is the Civil War era short story. Uh, it's from 19, or it's sorry, it's from 1890. The story is famous for its unreliable narrator, irregular time sequence, and twist ending. There's a Twilight Zone episode um, that was made about it oh now i'm suddenly interested i'm like oh the twilight zone you say so unreliable narrator irregular time sequence and twist ending i love all those words in that order (laughs) did they do the thing the thing is when they say the name of the episode in the episode and they said it five times they sure did yay so there's that i'm gonna Make a make a little montage of all five times. They a long say con. Long con. A long con. It's called a long con. Okay, a long con. Because the one thing you need for a long con, we ain't got. One long con. You were the long con. How many episodes since the last knockout? I don't think anyone was. Oh, Sun was knocked out. So zero. Oh. Mm, bringing it back to Reset the zero. The Alas. Does this episode pass the Bechdel test? Sure doesn't. No. Mm, sure doesn't. That's too bad. That gives me sad feelings. Yeah. Stay tuned for our segment after the outro. We'll be discussing this within the context of the rest of the series. Please be aware that this will be rampant with spoilers, so proceed with caution. Thank you so much for listening. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. Uh, thank you so much to the creators and community at Loftpedia. They helped me out a lot. I was like, oh, that's new. I, yeah, heard that I added before. that. I added that. If you would like, you could leave us a review on iTunes and fill out our survey, which uh, basically is you telling you about you telling us about you, and then we learn about you. And then you can also tell us what you like and what you don't like about the pod and what we could work on. It's in the description. It sure is. Yeah. Uh, if you're a fan of The 100, we like to talk about that show too. I mean, by the time that this episode goes out, the first episode of The 100 will be out. So uh, um, get over there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
Get on it. I mean, the first episode of season six. Sorry. Yeah. If you're a fan of Riverdale or The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, we like to talk about those shows too. Um, They are on our Riverdale feed. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you're a fan of Stranger Things, we'd like to talk about that show too. Um, we are doing all of season one before season three comes out. So go check that out. And uh, it's going to be great. Yeah. We're having a good time over there. You can follow the aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, Rebel, YouTube, but mostly Twitter with the side of Tumblr. I work really hard on the Tumblr. Thanks. Yes, you do. Our Patreon is patreon.com slash theafficionados. Uh, if you like what we do here, please consider donating because it's expensive. And like we said before, if you can't donate for any reason, that's totally okay. The next best thing you can do is recommend us to a friend. Yeah. You can follow me on Twitter at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. And you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. Joanna, thank you so much for joining us this episode. <laughs> thank you for having me. <laughs> and where can we follow you again? On Twitter uh, and almost everywhere, like Bridissima, B-E-R-I-D-I-S-S-I-M-A. And then on Tumblr, the stack that loved the wolf. Yeah, it'll be in the description if you're looking for it, so... Yeah. Great. Uh, our next episode is episode 214, which is one of them. Very exciting. And we're gonna be having Scott on again! <laughs> R.I.P. <laughs> So he's alive, but also dead. He, Schrodinger yeah. Scott. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, we, of course, is Hey Zamboni Guy. Yes. On Twitter and yeah. Instagram. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay, love you, bye. Okay, love you, bye. Love you, bye. <laughs> spoilers, spoilers, gonna talk spoilers. Spoilers, spoilers, gonna talk spoilers. Hello, welcome to the spoilers section. Finally. Uh, spoilers section. All right. We are footloose and fancy free now. Uh, Bernard is a dentist. And that yeah, why important. does that matter? Well, first of all, like, he's literally a very important dentist in the, in the Flash Sideways. Um, but also... A VID, very important dentist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in um, Something Nice Back Home in season four, uh, Bernard is... Yeah, whatever. There's some, some nice crime, crime going on. Just rolling with the it. The crime is like, hey... No spoilers. Um, but in season four, Jack needs to get his freaking appendix out or whatever. And Bernard is the o- one of the only people who can be in there with Juliet trying to take it out. Oh. Um, yeah. So Bernard being a dentist is something to remember. And uh, Bernard is so freaking cool because like he can freaking shoot a gun at the end of season three. And also like he knows Morse code. Yeah. Bernard why does cool. he know Morse code? Bernard is cool. Bernard is cool. Yeah. He's my hero kind of. Yeah. Like Loki. Yeah, high key. So, first of all, Hurley says, or any time. Obviously, time travel happens, which is crazy. <laughs> but um, there's a whole thing. Okay, so Moonlight Serenade. So these are the songs that they play that were played on the radio. Um, they hear the song on the radio station. He uh, Miller, who is the person who does the thing because it's it's his orchestra. Besides a musician, was also a U.S. Army major. On December fifteenth, nineteen forty-four, Miller and two other officers traveled from London to Paris, and their plane simply disappeared. Oh, that's why they picked those people. Okay, that's why they picked. I mean, that's why they pick Kate to love. Uh, right, Pat Pat yeah. so much because she also was in a plane crash. So the WXR broadcast in the recap episode lost a journey in time. Producers Damon Lindelof and Carlton Hughes revealed that the radio broadcast was indeed from the 1940s and a product of time travel. <gasps> they were listening to the past? Yeah. They legit were. That- Oh my god, that's awesome. What? That's so cool! Yeah, I know. What? The station was playing 1940s era big band jazz music, specifically Moonlight Serenade, a song that was heard again in A Tale of Two Cities, which is um, episode 301. Um, bro, my mind was just blown, bro. 
1944, a plane carrying Glenn Miller and two other army officers mysteriously disappeared over the English Channel. The aircraft has never been found, nor have any bodies. WXR appears to be... I mean, this is why I'm thanking Lostpedia at the end of every pod, because I get half this stuff from Lostpedia. WXR appears to be a public service station operated by the U.S. Army. Under international protocols, the prefix W is assigned to the United States, and the combinations from WUA to WVZ and WXA to WZZ are reserved for the stations of the Army of the United States. Interestingly, WXR was the call sign used by the U.S. Army based in Kodiak, Alaska in 1945. So if if you thought to Google it then, you would even find out, oh, okay, yeah, time travel might be involved at some point on this show. Uh, When signals of the type picked up by the radio impinge upon the ionosphere, which is what Saeed said, they are largely reflected back towards the Earth. With one or more reflections between the Earth and the ionosphere, a shortwave radio signal can be received at long distances from the transmitter. Furthermore, reception may be particularly good at night for certain shortwave frequencies because of the reflective properties of the ionosphere tend to be greater without the interference of the sun. Me trying to figure all of this out but realizing I'm not smart enough to understand science? Yeah. More likely than you think. So, there's other there's another thing called Find 815. It was, like, another thing that they would do, like, that. in between the seasons. Yep, I remember where, that. Where it'd be, like, this, um, this, like, online thing. And, and it's not really, um, considered, like, actual main canon, but it is, like, really cool stuff. Um, so in the Find 815, um, role-playing game, basically, the main character, Sam, is on a salvage boat in the Indian Ocean. He's listening to an analog radio and hears a broadcast from 1937 reporting the disappearance of Amelia Earhart. However, this radio station is not explicitly identified as WXR. That's so cool. It's so though. cool. I love that crap. I'm kind of nuts about that. Yeah. So that's um that storyline. I remember not even being in the Lost fandom, mm-hmm. but being interested because that was like back when they were first starting to tie pop culture in with the internet yeah and i went to find 815 and i didn't understand any of it but i just thought it was so interesting that you could click through and see different things from the show yeah and like find little clues and stuff yeah that's neat cool um so on the rest of the island storyline um Locke says that maybe the heroin can be used therapeutically at some point they do use the heroin for libby when she gets shot by michael oh that's right um Locke says just in case i fall off a cliff and um, Locke, as the man in black, in the very, in the finale finale, the end, falls man in black the falls cliff. off a cliff. Yeah. Yeah. A couple people fall off a cliff. Yeah. Does it, so. um, does Desmond push someone off a cliff? Uh, yeah. he does? I think they fight. Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't think he's pushed. Like, it's his, like, his head, but I don't think, like. It's off a cliff. Yeah. It's the guy he was sharing the bunker with. Yeah. Oh, Kelvin. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I think he, like, pushes him and he cracks his head on a rock. Yeah, okay, okay. Is what happens. Yeah. Sawyer, when they're in the hatch and they're saying, like, oh, no, the guns are gone, Sawyer says, call the cops. And I just wanted to say that um, Sawyer, Sawyer is a cop. Yes, yeah, the In the slash sideways thing. Sawyer, because he was like, call the cops. And I'm like, you are the cops. You are the cops. <laughs> but that's when you're likable and you have a nice girlfriend. Yeah. In the flash sideways? Well, I can. Oh, you mean I, like security? Is security like in. No, I still consider that Sawyer to be like the. Like, I consider Juliet Sawyer, like that sort of version of Sawyer, to be cop Sawyer as well, because like he still kind of became what he could have been. Right. But you he know, didn't like know Juliet. not a con man, basically. Right. Yeah. But he didn't know Juliet in the flash sideways. No, 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 okay. no, no. But trust and believe when they saw each other in the finale, eyeballed. Okay, great. <laughs> Locke 
talked about um, Michael and where Michael is. Um, and we see all of that in later this season in an episode called Three Minutes in which we see like basically everything that Michael has done. It's interesting because we get a, an episode like that in season four as well for Meet Kevin Johnson. We just get like just just everything that Michael has been up to, you know? It's a shame that Michael isn't involved more. Yeah. Because his plotline was he and Walt at one point were very interesting. Yeah. And the show just kind of let that fall away and decided to do weird stuff with Charlie instead. Right. So can we name a good thing Sawyer has done? The thing that I came up with was that um, he gave all of his money to Clementine, his daughter. Oh, right. Duh. Um, when, when he was out of jail and they were going to give him money because he like helped the police or whatever. And he was like, yeah, just give it all to Clementine. Okay. So that's the thing that I could think of. The thing I thought of was just Clementine, just... It made, like, a yeah. daughter, and, like, it's mm-hmm. just her. It yeah. just, like, screamed. I remember, like, watching the episode, and, like, not when I rewatched, rewatch it now, like, it said that, and just mm-hmm. my brain screamed, like, Clementine, and that was my reaction. <laughs> yeah. Aww. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, in the um, flashbacks, Kate and Cassidy... They become friends. Oh yeah. They become friends. So 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 Cassidy's out here doing the exact same necklace con that Sawyer showed her, but it's hard to do by yourself because there's nobody to basically buy your necklaces and show that you're credible. Yeah. You so know? why even try it? Yeah, I know, right? So that's why when Kate comes up and like buys the necklaces so that she doesn't get taken to the police, they become buddies and Cassidy helps Kate go talk to her mom and it's great and then when she comes back as the Oceanic Six Aaron and Clementine are friends and Kate and Cassidy like hang out and are buds that's what we deserved so true yep Yep. I love the relationship between Kate and Cassidy more than I love the relationship between Cassidy and Sawyer and that's the truth Kate and Cassidy are like my Kate uh, Kate ship yeah I get that pretty pretty high on my like lost ships it's like Kate and Cassidy like third place I think I love that. I kind of love that. So, yeah, so going back to talking about Clementine, Cassidy is, like, already pregnant with Clementine when Sawyer's like, hey, I'm conning you. Oh. And then she leaves, and then, oh, man, that sucks. And she's Literally, like, her whole world falls apart, and yeah. then responsibility mm-hmm. just, like, gets landed on her. And, and then when he goes to jail, she... I mean, I would just wonder, like, how she... I wonder if it's said in Every Man for Himself in season three whether or not she knew that Sawyer, like, how, how she found out that Sawyer was in jail. Because she went there and then she told him about Cassidy. Or, sorry, Clementine. I don't know. Maybe she would have tried looking him up to see if, like... Anything had happened? Yeah, like, maybe it was just time to either find him or have him meet Clementine. And she was like, oh, okay, he's exactly where I expected him to be. I mean, I just get the feeling that she didn't know his real name. Oh, yeah. So I'm just not sure how she figured it out. I don't know. Maybe she saw him being arrested on the news. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> like, you never know. Yeah. That's all I had. Do you guys have any last spoiler like, thoughts? My thoughts still on, like, um, Sawyer and Cassidy. Yeah. Like, when Gordy says that, like, uh, that Cassidy is, like, going to hate him. And that's, like, how we meet her in, like, the episode with Kate. It's, like, how much she hates Sawyer. Right. The bond these two women don't know is at some point in their lives, they have hated Sawyer. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, that's that's the thing that, um, like, Jack and Kate break up over when they're, when they're back at home. Like, Jack and Kate are, like, together. They're, like, engaged. And then 
Kate starts doing shady things and Jack's like, what's the problem here? And she's like, I'm doing it for Sawyer. And Jack never even stops to ask what it is that he, she's doing for Sawyer. But what she's doing is that she's trying to help take care of Clementine. Yep. Like Sawyer in that helicopter before he jumped out literally was like, I have a daughter. Her name is Clementine. Please take care of her. Kisses Kate. Jumps out. You know? <sighs> that's another good thing he did. He jumped out of the friggin' helicopter. Yeah, that's after he says that he never did anything good. Yeah, I know, but like, yeah. just I'm, I'm just adding to his karmic score. He just, he loves his daughter. Like, that's one of the main things that we, that one of the best things about Sawyer is that we know that he loves his daughter. Over and over again, we get evidence of that. You yeah. Know? And like, yeah. I have like so many questions about like, Kate, Sawyer, and Cassidy, like, post-final episode. Yeah. Like, and, like, watching this, this episode, and, like, you know, you follow me from the 100, you know I ship quite a few OT3s. Yeah, yep. Yeah, so, like, watching this episode again was, like, me trying to figure out, like, post-final uh, episode, like, Kate, Cassidy, and Sawyer as, like, an OT3. Right, oh, because they that both, would be awesome. Because both Kate and Sawyer survive and get off the island. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. I mean I'm fine with that. Yeah. yeah. I mean I'm down. I'm I mean down Kate Kate was such good friends with Cassidy. It's like <laughs> it's like Why not? It's so interesting because that's what that's what the best thing about OT3s is, is that it's like Kate and Sawyer have had a connection. Kate and Cassidy have had a connection. Cassidy and Sawyer have had a connection. You just gotta like push them together yeah. and then it's everything's fine. You just gotta find a way to make those like links like link up i'm out of smart thoughts okay i'm I'm, i've hit my capacity i just feel like when kate and sawyer finally get together and they see cassidy cassidy's gonna be like oh my god kate and then it's gonna be like sawyer it's weird that you're here (laughs) yeah why are you why are you even here dude yeah he's like wow i have got news for you yeah (laughs) and it's like it would like be so interesting like to see kate trying to mend the relationship like between sawyer and cassidy yeah yeah i mean i believe that cassidy does say that she like still loves sawyer you know, and Kate's like, same, sucks, right? Um, <laughs> Kate's like, wow, we have so much in common. Yeah, so, yeah, I agree. That'd be cool. Um, I do have a question, and it's because I don't remember. Did Cassidy ever find out that Sawyer was lost on an island? Yes, because Kate told her everything. Okay, Yeah. so Kate went, so like before that, though, she just assumed Sawyer was still in jail? No, I think that she knew he got out, especially because... And I don't know if she knew where the money came from, but she knows that Clementine, like, got a bank account in her name that had a lot of money in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I assume that Cassidy, I mean, if she really cared that much, if she says that she still loves Sawyer, she was probably keeping tabs on him. She probably learned that he was, I mean, eventually she learned what his real name was, because it would be in in jail, they would say what his name is. Yeah. Then she would probably have, I mean, if they gave out the plane manifest, she would know that his plane went down. Right, okay. I think she knew. I think. Yeah, she yeah. must have known. Yeah. All right. So yeah. Any anything else, guys? I, I have more spoiler thoughts. Like, let me see. What like? Ah, okay. Like when there's a scene. I think it's. I think it's in. I was going to call it the bunker again. <laughs> in the hatch. Yeah. Like when Locke says that it was guilt for. It was guilty. Still guilty for like teaching Michael how to shoot. Yes. To shoot. Yes. And then like how that pays off, like, at the end, like, in the end of the season, like, with Michael being the one to shoot Libby. Yes, yes. And Anuncia. I was thinking that, too. I was like, oh, crap. Now you're really going to regret that, huh? Yeah. 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 Then, like, I have a question. Like, do... Because, like, Sawyer, when when Jack comes in, like, uh, into the hatch, he asks, like, Sawyer where Locke is? And 
Sawyer answers, uh, he went to the store to get a pack of smokes. Yeah. Do, do we know, like, how did, like, Sawyer's dad left? So. Uh, oh. Yeah. Like, it's such a, like, a classic line for, like, Just, uh, this type of stuff. Yeah. It's a, cl- yeah, it's a classic line for when a dad bounces, which is, right. he went to the store for a pack of smokes. Yeah. You know what? I don't think we do know, but that really reminds me of St- Hurley's dad. Oh, yeah! Didn't Hurley's dad, like, leave for, like, a real quick second oh, and then yeah. just never come back? Yes! Yeah. Huh. Yeah. That's I'm sad, but also intrigued. Right. I didn't even think about that being, like, a, he's never coming back. I thought of it more of it as a, he'll be right back, you know? Yeah, that's no, it's always that. That's interesting. That's, like, the joke is always. Right. Just, like, you could say, my dad went to the store for a pack of smokes and never came back. Uh-huh. Interesting. I like that. Okay. Next thought. Okay, next thought. Like, when we see, like, Locke opening the books... Yeah. The only thing, like, I could think was, like, the scene where, like, Desmond opens the book and, like, Penny's letter. <gasps> oh, yeah. Oh, wholesome. Our mutual friend. I love when we get to talk about Desmond and Penny. I'm so starved <laughs> for Desmond content this season. Yeah. Oh, I'm happy. <laughs> the other one was, like, and now, like, now you've explained it, but, like, the script, when we saw, like early reading the script i really thought like the script was nikki's oh yeah 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 yeah. i think oh, yeah i think that's a yeah. separate thing yeah that would have made sense yeah i mean yeah we get that later right or is that huh because i remember sawyer reading something and then having it like thrown in the fire because jack was mad or something and i can't remember if it was an episode of expose or if it was <laughs> bad twin you know Jack's such a jackass. Yeah, it's like I'm mad at you, Sawyer. I'm burning one of these precious things. I know, and it's so funny because you think like if he does that, Sawyer could just like play it cool and be like, "What? I don't even care." But he literally like pulls it out of the fire and is like, "Ah, that's my thing. I was almost done reading it." Well, like Sawyer's very much like us. We're like need to be constantly entertained. Yeah. Otherwise, like you're completely like in your own head. You don't want to be in your own head. Yeah. Like (laughs) Jack's so mean. Yeah. I can't get over how funny that is out of context, though. He's like, yeah. he's mad at Sawyer, so he throws it in the fire. Yeah. He, like, literally grabs it from his hands. <laughs> what a jerk. I know, like, you having, like, explained who wrote the script, it would still, like, be very interesting if the script was Nikki's. Yeah. And she was in the same plane with the person who wrote the script she was reading and, that's I suppose, auditioning for. Totally. And <gasps> that that's, that's totally cool. something that this show would do. Yeah. Fully. That has big this show energy. Yeah. So many things go back to expose. Sorry. (laughs) Go ahead. No, no. You can say what you're going to say. Oh, I was just laughing that so many things in this show somehow like tie back to expose. (laughs) I love expose. (laughs) Me too. I like, it's just like, I love like getting like the the stories and like about like minor characters and characters in the background. Yes. Yep. How the other half lives. Yeah. Yep. So my other thought is like, this scene, like, with Sun, like, in the garden, isn't, like, the scene where Sun loses the ring? That, is like, there a scene? No, like, the scene when a Sun is working on the garden before she gets kidnapped. Yeah. Is this, like, the same episode where she loses the ring and then it comes up some episodes ahead? No, that, hap- that happened already. Ah, uh, that has happened already? Yeah. yeah. Okay, sorry. You'd be like, wait a minute, this seems familiar. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was before Shannon it. died. Like, right before oh, okay, Shannon died. Okay. I think that's... Oh, uh, okay, so just one question. Like, does Sawyer ever gets ever gets glasses again? Um, I, I don't think he ever gets, like, 
I mean, he, we know that he does get glasses, but that's back um, in the 70s when he's been there for three years. Oh, right. Okay. Um, then he does have glasses, and they're terrible-looking dad glasses. But um, but I don't recall him getting glasses again, like, on island, unless... Mm, yeah, or soy sauce. Yeah. I don't think he does. He can't read anything. <laughs> I think that's all I had for spoilers. All right. Great. Well... Joanna, thank you so much for coming on the pod. We ha- loved having you. Thank you for having me. It was very fun. Oh, good. I'm glad you had a good time. Me too. Um, and do you want to tell us one more time where we can follow you? Yes. Uh, I'm on Twitter and almost everywhere else as Readissima. And then on Tumblr as the stag that loved the wolf. Perfect. Uh, my Twitter is uh, Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y. Pretty much everywhere. And mine is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end, and that's Britannia. <laughs> you can follow at the Aficionados. That's that's us, basically everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Our Patreon is patreon.com slash the Aficionados. If you have a spare dollar, we would really appreciate it. Yeah. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye. Bye. Like this close to the high score on Donkey Kong. <laughs>